fire and gather round the tree. Fill a glass and maybe come and sing with me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Casting the Spotlight episode number 111. And it is now the last month of the year and our most accomplished year of all time. Yeah. And it's the Christmas season, no doubt about it. Love it. Man, Halloween and Christmas, it's just vibe hits different for me every time. Those are definitely like... My top holidays that I mm-hmm. celebrate, you know, like, because there's other ones, you know, you celebrate throughout the year, but like, I actually get into the season, I watch a bunch of movies and shows and episodes of things that pertain to it, and I decorate my place up for it, you know, you yeah. know, I'm not going to decorate my place up for the 4th of July and Valentine's Day, you know, the way I do for... They just have, I think that those two holidays in particular, and probably Thanksgiving to some the extent... marketed. And yeah, and and probably Thanksgiving to some extent, mainly because it's in between them. Uh, but they both bring like their own vibe completely to the season. Like, and I don't even take that term like you know as a. I'm not even putting that out there as a cliche, but they definitely have a feeling around them, oh, yeah. surrounding their whole season. Like every time, if you if you choose to embrace it, I'm sure people that don't decorate or don't watch necessarily the movies and just kind of like tunnel vision their way through the year pretty much the same way and or if they get together family like it might feel like it then but if you don't i feel like embrace it wholeheartedly like we sometimes do like it's you're not going to feel it as much even sometimes i wish i felt it more like i wish there was a special feeling that it's still hard to grasp whenever we were kids that you can't have back because it's just a different time but you're you're always trying to like get that back it's nothing beat you know coming out in the morning for Christmas oh, yeah. early on. It, everything had such a special, significant feeling around well, it. Well, being a kid, well, that's the thing. I feel like getting older, though, I've come to appreciate the holidays in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually, in age, I embrace the season. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot more. Like, not that I didn't as a kid, but it was because my parents wanted to go to things and I went. Yeah, but now that I'm older, I'm like I'd watch a lot of movies and stuff that have to deal with the season. I like to go out to places and kind of embrace it, whether that's go see lights or go to a pumpkin patch or go mm-hmm. do something else. And it's the actual holiday sometimes is more of a letdown nowadays because I embrace the season more than I actually enjoy the holiday. Whereas I was a kid. 
It was all about getting the candy, dressing up as a character I liked for Halloween. That was what mattered, you know. Whereas and Christmas, it was the same way. You had to get up in the morning. You were excited about mm -hmm. the presents. You're like, oh, man, I wonder what I got. Because you didn't have your own money then. So you you really relied on things like Christmas and your birthday to get you some shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, uh... I enjoy not being so materialistic nowadays, though. It's, like, it's definitely a different, like... It, like, it definitely feels a lot different. There's other ways to embrace it. But I would say the day now... Because it can be let down, but it's. I think it's also because now that we know the build up and the journey along the way to like that day coming is such the real is such the real fucking part of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, embracing it, and feeling it, and like just you know surrounding yourself with the, like all the decor and like uh, fun and fantastic things about the season. Like, yeah, just haunted houses and just shit having like that fun too. with the season. Yeah, uh, in like October and shit. Oh yeah. But like. The day almost signifies more of the end than like, oh man, like it can feel like oh everything. It depends on what day you do stuff with your family and what day is kind of like the build up and everything. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of ways, if we're embracing it the whole time until it, it's almost like that is the end, pretty much. Maybe not when midnight strikes necessarily, but pretty much so, because it's not like there's something big after the big event like Halloween, October thirty first. That's it. That's the fucking main event. Christmas Day, you know, December 25th, that's the main event. You might have some uh, family stuff after, but for the most part, all your gifts, all your closest loved ones, all the people you're going to spend it with are going to be December 24th, 25th for most people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Depending on what your situation is. Some, yeah. some yeah. people have things that happen after the holiday, you know. And For me, I feel like a lot of times, though, after, especially like Christmas, Mm-hmm. More almost than Halloween. Like, with Halloween, I can still extend it a few more days, personally. But, like, with Christmas, a lot of times for me, like, once December 25th happens, I'm kind of like, damn. Like, I don't want to watch more Christmas movies now, because Christmas is over, you know? I feel like growing up, my family usually did stuff leading up to the days, like, with extended family and whatnot, and then mm -hmm. the day of was, like, the family day. I don't feel too bad about doing it maybe December 26th and 27th, but, like, yeah. when it gets closer to New Year's and you know the New Year's coming, it feels kind of silly to keep, keep continuing on, to me. I'm not saying yeah, everybody... Sometimes it's people are like, oh, you know, we can't get together till the next weekend, and the next weekend after Christmas is see, a lot of times New Year's. So. I don't know what's going to happen with, with, I mean, I don't need to explain it on air to, for you to understand what I mean, but, like, I don't know what's going to happen with mine exactly, if it's going to happen to happen, like, you know, uh, with Rachel and everything, if it's going to happen before, if it's going to happen after, or, like, how yeah. exactly we're going to do it and everything. But it just, uh, it kind of just depends, too. Fucking, but whenever you, whenever you have any Christmas stuff, you got to really make those decisions because you're just like, oh shoot, should you do it before and kind of like have your Christmas a little earlier, which still is cool because then you have other stuff to look forward to rather than do it like later. So if anything, I've even contemplated before, just in general, I'm like, it, it almost is better to do it earlier. I feel like, um, yeah. I mean, one year, for instance, whenever we did like a Halloween party, I don't know if you were at that one or not, it was like. The weekend after, because Halloween itself fell on, like, a shitty day, it was, like, the Tuesday or something, or no, maybe, no, it was later in the week than that, but it was kind of right in the middle of the week, or, like, Wednesday or Thursday, because we were like, fuck, well, should we do the party 
the weekend before that, right before it, or the weekend after. In that scenario, it almost it ended up making more sense to do it on like November second because that was like a Saturday night. Yeah. And so it worked out kind of perfect, but like I wouldn't want to push it too far. You know what I'm saying? Personally. Yeah. Other people, what they want to do, all the power to you. You know. I mean, shit, you know. Some people I don't think, watch Christmas movies or Halloween stuff like we probably do either. Some oh, people, God, no. Some Most people, people don't. Some some of those people will not watch any Halloween stuff but only Christmas stuff. And some of them will only watch horror and then really, even though it's Christmas horror too, they won't really want to watch Christmas movies. Yeah. So and some people too, the season for both those holidays, like some people won't start watching stuff and really getting into the vibe till three or four days beforehand, mm-hmm. you know? So I like really getting into the like I feel like the people the people that want to like I guess you know it's more power if it's a tradition or whatever more power to you I know there's people that do this but like I could never imagine setting up the tree and putting on the ornaments and shit on Christmas Eve. It's no. like well that's too late like you would I I think a really understanding time. Is anywhere from after Thanksgiving to like the fir- you know to the first of December. I can see you holding it like, off to the first of the month. Yeah, perhaps. I think I. But this is just me though. You know how we are even with horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like how early we start watching mm-hmm. them to get into the season. I mean, Christmas I even started a little earlier this year, but I think the past two years I've decorated the tree the night before Thanksgiving. Because mm-hmm. I'm like that's. It's a decent time to do it. Mm-hmm. I would do it like I got the day Thanksgiving night. I got like I the day off on Thanksgiving, and the past couple of years I've been going over to my girlfriend's on Thanksgiving anyways, Haley, so it's like, I might not get home till the evening, and plus I have her here to help decorate it, and like, it's yeah. a part of a thing, you know? I wouldn't mind doing it on my own, but it, I just, I also want to get the most of the time of like... This being the vibe of the room, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm... When it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Dude, whenever we would do, like, the apartment with all, like, the Halloween stuff, and then, like, you'd buy, you know, your stuff, and we'd add just different things, or, like, lights, or the jack-o'-lanterns and everything, when we got the vibe going in there, and the, the fog machine and shit, mm-hmm. like, that was fucking seasonal. That was oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm going to give myself a little bit of... <laughs> I mean, it's like that... I mean, I, And I mainly had that stuff because we threw that party and I was just like, how can I decorate Halloween? I bought this like wreath of just like... To segue, you know, well, like we're talking about kind of both holidays anyway. But in October, I was just like, man, I kind of want to buy these like leaves. Like it was a strand that kind of goes over your window and I put it around the windows. And then from there, I was just like... I had thoughts about like the, uh, the party anyway and I was just like, fuck, I'm just going to go to spy all this different shit didn't know what i was gonna buy and then like well that was the year before that and then i started putting up the leaves and all that and i was just like i'm just gonna get out everything i'm gonna figure out a place for everything i didn't even have a thought process i just whenever i saw everything i was like well there's an outlet here because i was trying to make the most room while accommodating every outlet and still be able to like not hopefully blow my circuit of this motherfucker and, like, you know, but crazy enough, like, the bill was never even insane for putting all the Halloween stuff up. and like Or, like, Christmas lights and the tree up. Like, honestly, my bill, whenever we were in Hampton, at least, it didn't really get crazy because you Horrible. had the tree. Yeah, I mean, it would, usually those months of the holidays, like, it gets a little cooler. A little higher. So you don't have to turn the AC, too, yeah. so that probably evens it out a little bit. Because I don't think the lights really draw, like, a TV might draw, like, three bucks in, like, fucking a few weeks or something. 
Yeah. It's not even I that. I feel like the TV doesn't do much at all. No. I know it's like the thing, like, that growing shit. up, my parents are like, ah, get so pissed at me about that stuff. Oh, you can't be falling asleep on the TV, huh? Or the light on And it's like, I do that all the time now. And you know what? It doesn't really affect my bill that No. Much. <laughs> I'm not that early concerned. Um, but, like, creating a vibe in a world like that, I was like, man, I couldn't even imagine. Like, and I only had that shit because we chose to, like, all go in and be like, let's do, like, a costume party and shit like that. And I, and I was just like, the next year, I was like, regardless if we do another party or not, I'm like, how can I, like, decorate in here? So, you know, I kind of did what I said, but I was just, it just all kind of came together based on where the outlets were, although I did draw probably an extension cord or two just so I would make it, like, uh, make sense and where everything was at. But that was awesome. Like, that was so much fun to watch horror movies in. Like, some of the blow-up things could be loud, but other than that, everything was, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to keep the air in them. Everything was, like, so cool to just be around. Yeah, I remember it was specifically the dragon. That dragon, he fucking was a loud motherfucker, man. Yeah, you you couldn't have him on during <laughs> certain movies. Yeah, shit. well, we turned it off during the pod sometimes too. Oh yeah, a lot of times yeah. I feel like the podcast he couldn't be on. The clown, he was quiet. Yeah, yeah, he was like sitting back here too, and he was further. He was well, like, but he arched into the ceilings. So he was like that right was on awesome. top. Yeah, whenever we first put that out, he was over the ping, like the the beer bong table. That was perfect because he was like, like this. And, uh, it was, like, game time. So it was, like, the lights up, the Jack Skellington, like, the thing you have this of the screen thing, like, the, uh, ghost face thing, how it, like, spins the dome, yeah. that, like, the projection on, the, you know, the wall and everything happens. Uh, like, it was, it was so cool to just have a spot for everything. And then you had a, like, I had the wall thing of the clown, we had jack-o'-lanterns that we had all carved, like, me, you, and Riley, I think, carved them, yeah. put a candle in them, and, like, they were sitting on the table, like, everything was, like, fucking vibed out. It was cool. Every, like, part. But that's cool. It's it's really cool. And, like, I'm wondering now. I'm like, I guess I could eventually. But I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to have anything cooler than that. Like, at least in the immediate future or not. Just having all that shit going and creating. With the setup. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I feel, like, progressively with my Christmas and my Halloween decorations, both, like, this year, I've, like... You add things every year, kind of. Yeah. Eventually, you have a decked out fucking thing because just every year the shit comes out, something looks cool, and you're like, oh. And it's yeah, your I'm shit, as long that. as your shit's not breaking. Well, that's another reason why. Yeah, because once those here. things had too many holes in them, they wouldn't blow up. So, like, that's losing a few things you put up anyway. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just now, I'm not really finding it necessarily feasible or necessary to go out and buy a shitload of blow-up things that are $100 each. So I'm like, I don't know if I'll do that. Uh, I mean, maybe through time, like, you get different stuff, but, like, with moving them and setting them up all the time and having cats where they were always in those areas. Yeah. And they even can be fine if they get some holes, but once they get too many, plus traveling to the house and back with the parties and shit, I don't know what other holes it got in. Eventually, it's just not going to stand I up. I mean, I think I saw Leo, like, spring off the clown one time. Oh, he did. He, like, fell down into it. <laughs> yeah. He thought that it was a solid surface to jump That's on right. the clown's, like, dress or the clown's fucking outfit. <laughs> <laughs> when you know he's probably trying to catch himself, yeah. so he probably popped it a little bit. Oh, yeah. He missed it. 
Cat, what's funny is cats get so embarrassed like that too whenever they miss and then they just run and hide some oh, yeah. Like if they fuck up and they mess some Especially shit up. Especially if you like notice it yeah. and acknowledge it and make a noise they're like <laughs> oh, yeah. out of there. Um, but yeah that was uh, that was always a lot of fun. In Christmas it's just very much more but the, between the movies you're watching in October and like just the horror shit you put out making it a little more frightening a little just darker and creepier and stuff it kind of uh is a more intense sort of feeling in ways because of also the content of what you're watching adds yeah. to that oh, too. Yeah. But like Christmas, once you put the tree out, once you put all the lights up, it very much chills out everything and like it doesn't feel... I mean, because I love both for different reasons, but that's why like we're going to choose to celebrate both of them. You know what I mean? They're very different yeah. vibes, but they go along with the season. Like I'm never going to put my fucking tree up like some of these people in August. Like that's just not going to happen. Oh, God, no. Like, oh, to get it up now. It's like, okay, then why don't you just keep it up all year? <laughs> it's like months before Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, I was seeing that. Well, that, there's some people, too. I mean, Christmas in July, it's kind of a fun concept. Like, the whole, like, people that, oh, we're, we're halfway there or whatever. And they do, like, one day Christmas sort of celebration thing. Because I will admit that the aesthetic of Christmas... June 25th like, would be... It would be, yeah. But, yeah. But, like... Like, I like the Santa aesthetic of shit. Like, I even thought before... I literally thought that it would be funny to dress up as Santa at a Halloween party. <laughs> just because I'm like, Santa's just a dope character. But, like, I get the vibe of Christmas is dope. And you want to, you know, you want to embrace that shit. But man, doing it too early, like Christmas in July is kind of fun. That kind of kills it. You yeah, know what I'm honestly, it, because then by the time it actually comes, it's kind of burnt. You've done it for so long. And how is it almost going to feel like there's just going to be other decorations? Whereas you wait until at least, at least, like in my opinion, I'm like I'm not. Thanksgiving usually happens after this date anyway, but I probably wouldn't put out most of my stuff until. November 20th, like, at the earliest. Yeah. Most of every year. Yeah. You know what you I mean? You're two-thirds you of the way until at least, in my mind, I mean, some people, do it. Do whatever pleases you. Yeah. you want, I know a bunch of people want to decorate November 1st because they just say it's the holiday season and it all kind of fits into the thing. <laughs> if you want to do it, do it, man. But you like, can. I feel like at least mid-November. At least. Mid November, you should like wait. what November? You should wait second till, half, like November sixteenth. November probably, like at least to that point, I you should wait till you start sort of putting stuff out, and because I like, like having a chill period between. I do too. The last I like to have two at weeks least of October in the first like couple weeks, and, and until at least yeah November sixteenth, seventeenth. Yeah, you, it you, starts you changing anyway. By then, the leaves are all pretty much falling off or falling yeah. off, getting there. Like it actually. Now that I'm a trash man, and I you know we drive around to a bunch of neighborhoods and I see people's different decorations throughout like throughout the whole year. Mm -hmm. Lots of Halloween and Christmas, obviously. There's some like St. Patrick's, Valentine's, and Easter, Fourth of July, but you're it's like really neat to drive through and see the Halloween and Christmas decorations because they're pretty pretty much everybody's got a little something. If they don't, I'm like, wow, what a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it actually kind of fills me with a rage if it's like October 27th and I see people with their Christmas lights up. I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah, they didn't even it's get It's not even Halloween yet. No, I know. <laughs> and I mean, do whatever makes you happy. That's not saying you have to listen to my dumbass. All I'm saying is me personally. I'm like, what in the fuck are you doing? If I see that shit up before Halloween. Oh, yeah. They disrespect it. <laughs> they do. Retail stores make it fucking, like, worse for them, though, because they push it really early and shit. Retail stores, yeah, they're a motherfucker for that. Because working, like, whenever I worked at Target, I mean, you you know, you know. But it used to actually kind of, like, pull me out of it a little bit and, like, bum me the fuck out when we had to start putting Christmas shit out. Because I was just like... Bro, let me enjoy my time with Halloween. You guys are fucking my season up by making me do them. <laughs> I'm trying to enjoy my shit. You're going to have me doing the complete opposite of that. You get, like, they, like, it's fucking wild, man. They're always like, we need to get ready. It's just, like, where along the lines did it become that early, though, is what I want to know. Because they didn't always do it that early. Like, places didn't do their shit. Dude, Christmas and some of these Walmarts were out in August. No, yeah. Some stuff a little bit was already, yeah. It just makes me want to fucking Bart Simpson somebody. You know what I mean? Or Homer Simpson. Whatever you are. (laughs) Did you see that? He's not allowed to joke him anymore. I I feel like that... We're moving on! Wasn't that a joke? No. No, I don't. I think feel so. like they came out and said. You know what's crazy is they got rid of other stuff before they were like, eh, you know, child abuse. That's eh, you know. <laughs> and the other thing is they're cartoons. Yeah, I mean that's kind of silly. But they already got. You know, I know. Uh, I know. A poo. A poo got canceled from being on The Simpsons anymore. <laughs> because it was a white man voicing an Indian. Only in America do we want to fucking cancel somebody's cartoon character. Let me look this up real quick. What the fuck? Homer Simpson. <laughs> I think that's... I'm, a, I'm almost 100% sure that's real. Yeah, what was it? Okay, you know what? I think I'm confusing this with the Snoop Dogg story. You heard about that shit, right? Where Snoop Dogg was like, I'm quitting smoke. Did you hear about all that? I maybe have heard uh, something about he, it, but I didn't know if that was He made a... posts saying, after long consideration with my friends and family, I've decided to give up smoke, blah, 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 all this stuff. And people were like, what in the fuck? Like, that was a joke. This was my guy, dude. <laughs> like, the people that smoked weed, they're like, this was my dude, man. <sighs> He was like the cool guy, the chill stoner guy, you know? And so people were kind of like damaged by it. And, <laughs> and then he came out three days later. You know that solo stove, like the camp, the campfire fire pit? Yeah. It doesn't produce any smoke. So you can sit close to the campfire and not get blown out with smoke. He just became a sponsor of theirs. And an ad dropped where he's like... <laughs> The new year's about to roll around, and my resolution is I've given up smoke, or whatever. And then it zooms out, and he's, like, got his feet up on the solo stove, like, chilling by the campfire. It was all a fucking ad boy. 
he just like fooled everybody. Because there were literal like news, like credible news sources, like releasing articles talking about Snoop Dogg not smoking weed anymore. And so that was just a joke. It was just him advertising for Solo Stove. That's I was absurd. like, that company should be giving that man $50 million for that then. Because he probably brought so much fucking business to them just by that. Like, people oh, like yeah. so much attention to it because people are like, holy fuck, he's giving it up. He's giving it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Had everybody talking about it then, yeah. That was smart. Yeah. I wonder if they came to him with that or if he was like, I got a funny idea. <laughs> I can um, see it being either way because Snoop Dogg, man, if you really look into that guy's life, like, that dude's a businessman. He just learned how to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do mm-hmm. and market it. And it always been a success. I mean, like, he grinded in the beginning, but the dude does anything now. Oh, yeah. He's a football coach, he's a fucking, he's releasing cookbooks, he's on, he's a judge on, like, game shows, he's a rapper, he's just a, he's Snoop Dogg, he's, like, literally his own personality. He's a cultural icon. He can just do whatever he wants, and people accept it. I feel like that's an accurate description. He can literally walk into a place, into where millions of cameras will be, Mm -hmm. high is absolute fuck. And nobody will question it. Just because it's who he is. <laughs> and everybody knows it. And that's the other thing. is just like nobody really like... It, you, it would be crazy to hear somebody say they hated him. Everybody, what could you hate everybody about Everybody likes him. That's what I mean. And Every, even everybody that has had the opportunity to like work with him or around him is mm-hmm. like... He's a, he's a fun, great guy. Like nobody has a negative thing to really say about no, him. No, why would... Like it doesn't <laughs> seem like he would... He's just chilling everywhere he's at. Even his rap is chilling. It just sounds like talking. Yeah, he's literally just coming on probably real high. Like, oh, I'll just... Yeah. I'll spit something out, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, he does seem like that guy, like... He had a WrestleMania match. Yeah, impromptu. <laughs> WrestleMania that was, match. That was, like, bold, man. <laughs> he really, like... And you know that he probably was not sober. No, and they're just like, dude, just bounce off the ropes... That was so funny. All the momentum he built for bouncing off the ropes killed because he stopped and then did the highest elbow yeah. from like a standstill. But there was no momentum bouncing off the ropes. That dude, he's like that dude, like walk jog to the ropes and then gave the lightest bounce off the ropes of yeah. all time. <laughs> <laughs> and then he stopped and did a standstill <laughs> vertical. Into an elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's one of the moves that everybody wants to hit, though. It's like if a celebrity gets a chance to hit a move, yeah, it's the people's elbow or the stunner. Nine yeah. times out of ten. Oh yeah. Or occasionally the atomic leg drop. Yeah, I was. It's thinking like that those too. moves. Or every time. they want to do like a choke slam, but sometimes you're just like, man, this doesn't make any sense for you to do. <laughs> Nowadays, you could honestly anybody could do it. You could have any celebrity hit an RKO. Mm-hmm. That's why the best finishers they say are the ones you can hit. No pun intended, but like literally out of nowhere, like yeah. the ones the ones that it could turn around and you can just and then you're like, oh, 
fuck! Because it gets over, it's so noticeable when her people, and it gets a huge pop. Like, it's just like, oh shit. Because, like, it's it's also kind of cool when a guy's down and he's mm-hmm. being picked back up, and then, oh shit, you're in the fucking mood for his finisher, you're being hit with his finisher, you know? Because, like, if you can just snap into it like that, it's dead. It is. No, it is, for sure. Or like so the, unbeatable. Like the rock bottom or the freaking um, the stunner. Yeah, yeah, like Stone Cold, you can just be down, getting picked up, boom, kick to the gut, you're fucked. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was fucking tremendous. Uh, do you want to roll in the good, the bad, and the shits? This yeah. might be a good segue, too. You want to go or you want me to go? I'll, uh, I'll hit it first here. Okay, let's just put it out there, because we've talked about this as an ongoing saga now. So we'll just talk about it on air a little more. Um, than we did, I guess, yesterday, maybe. CM Punk's return to WWE. Now, after all this time, we were talking about CM Punk's debut in AEW. We were talking about CM Punk's uh, fucking comeback, whatever, after, like, before Collision came. And now, suddenly, we're already talking about his WWE. And his contract did not expire, may I remind everybody. He was released from AEW. As tends to happen with the man. I mean, yeah. sometimes by his own choice. So, I mean, not so we talked about it the other night, and, like, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of mix, because a lot of people that are WWE, more of WWE loyalists, I feel like, are, I'm not saying only, because I've always liked him. You know, you, I, I think you seem like you've always liked him as well. Yeah, but I, you as, also, as a wrestler, yeah. growing up, I was always into Great ball, promos, you know? he had great matches, he had, but... It seems like I like I'm pumped to see him there to see what happens to see what kind of stories they finally build around him. But if you really look at the stuff he said in that promo, it was kind of wild because it seemed like almost the exact same promo as when it, he shit on WWE and he went to AEW, except shortened. But it's he did yeah because he wasn't allowed to really obviously acknowledge the competition. No and, no 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 I know and like regards to WWE turf with AEW. Because in AEW, they fire on WWE all the time. But WWE just is like, we're not... But they have less to lose. WWE, by acknowledging them, they can draw a lot of attention to somebody else. Yeah, so they just don't. Not at this. So, but it more so relates, of course, like, I agree agree with that, not acknowledging the competition if you're a lot bigger, and why would you? Because it would only hurt you. Yeah. Um, with Punk, he had, you know, obviously, you, as we know, even after his exit with WWE, he had a lot to say. Yeah. So, uh, Well, my point with that was, uh, you know, you're obviously going to draw, unless it's done subtly, where, like, just the people that are really in-in will get him. They'll be like, oh, shit, I know you did there. Yeah. But if you make it and put it at the, at the forefront to, for them to gain, gain attention, I totally understand why you wouldn't acknowledge Like, it. obviously, he wasn't going to, yeah, come out and talk about how... He's away from working with kids, and he's back in the big boy league, and yeah. you couldn't say all that shit, you know. It just, but my point more so, of course that's true. My point more so refers to, like, his, um, like, I don't know. I just, mean, do you, do you think that was genuine? It was basically, I'm back compared to I'm home. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. How, I mean, do you think a lot of that was genuine, though? Because while a lot of people, most WWE loyalists are watching him closely, like when he was there, of course, were 
And I have my feelings about it both kind of ways and in ways, but I'm not, like, offended by him that he's back. Like, I'm glad he's choosing to hopefully end his career more responsibly and better than just leaving it how it was because that would not have been a good legacy. But at the same time, it's wild because whenever you watch the promo, it almost kind of makes you be like, eh, damn. Because he pretty much says the, because he had no, like, he didn't have really another avenue to turn to after no. burning certain bridges. Well, at this point, he sounds, he's been everywhere. A lot of people are saying that he sounds like a fucking hypocrite now. A lot of people. Yeah, there's going to be half and half reviews on it, for sure. Because, I mean, the people I'm not that, mad to see him back. No. The people that know are not punk loyalists. There's that's the thing. There's people that see him as God, mm-hmm. and then the total opposite spectrum that just see nothing. You know what I mean? At this yeah. point, they're just done with him. So like, you're going to get very mixed reviews on him at any point at this stage in his career. But it's it did almost feel a little bit disingenuous. Yeah, it didn't feel like his obvious, honest take. If you take literally what he said in the past 10 years to heart, it's like what you spoke for a decade is not that you consider this place home, is not that you look highly on this company. Like, you you talk about being a Ring of Honor guy and a wrestling guy and not a WWE guy for... Ever at he's this like, point. He's like, oh, 05, August 31st, or August, whatever date it was. And then he's like, uh, you know, August, whatever, was it, whatever date it was in 2021, he's like, I'm back. Like I, He's like, so I look at it like this. I left professional wrestling August 20-whatever, 2005, and August 20. And so basically uh, completely skipping everything from, you know, WWE. That was the Which point. Is honestly, that was the point of what he was saying. But it's also because... Everybody that is wise to the act knows that they say they're entertainment and not pro wrestling. And yeah. that's what he was getting at. Which they I do even, I don't, don't even say agree that. with in the first place because no, like I don't either. That shows you that like saying something like that, in my opinion, all that does is make you look bad because it's not like you went there and had Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, is run. You know, you didn't get no. shit on by the company. You had a 434-day reign as the fucking champion. You just didn't get everything he wanted. Yeah, you were a multiple-time world champion. You That's faced Undertaker at WrestleMania. You had so many career highlights. <laughs> and to say that none of this shit counted yeah. makes you sound like a baby. Because it, the company gave you... Way more the reason than they able, gave 90% of people. The reason he was <laughs> able to be hired by the UFC and be put on the card and given a second chance after getting annihilated was because of his name credibility. Where did he build it at? Sure, he built some with the pro wrestling community in ROH and I'm not taking that away from him. But the mass of it knows him because of his time there. Yeah. So, you would not have been booked twice in an annihilation by Dana White if you had no name, or if you were, you know what I'm saying, like, in, you know, once he went to the UFC, the reason he got another chance is because, oh, maybe it was just kind of faulty, maybe he'll do better this time. But because CM Punk was that big of a name still, he's like, fuck, like, you know, we'll give him another shot. He could have just pulled him after, after that first fight where he just got annihilated quickly. Yeah. He could have just been like, yeah, we're not doing that again. 
I that was you know. Well, then I heard the second fight went the full rounds, but it was just kind of boring. Yeah. And that's when Dana White was like, "That fight was a snooze fest. You're not gonna fight here anymore." But it was like now that he's back with WWE and Endeavor has both of them, Dana White's talking all high on Punk. He's like, oh, it was Is awesome to see him come back, and blah, blah, blah. Did and, he? Yeah. So, wow. but, I, you, but you said, he, okay, go, like, back to your point about it, you're like, you said he had 90% more than, and that's true. Like, probably you were given so much by that company. Yeah. And there's people that have gotten a lot a lot, a lot less than you, yeah. and have still thanked the company upon the exit because it was still their their shot in the limelight. Yeah, I get now they can get booked on indies, yeah. high dollar because of their because of the fucking year that they were there. Their their name instantly goes up on all the independent circuits and shit. Yeah, and they're probably the highest paid person there since they've been there. And. You know, I, I, I get Punk having his disgruntlements. Yeah. Obviously. Like, everybody's... Anywhere you work, though. And that's not even being a professional athlete. I get that they get fucked in certain ways, but, man, they're making the money, too. Mm-hmm. I get that, like, certain shit, like, the conditions that they don't... They gotta work not healthy and, like, all this kind of shit. But, like, bro, you're making millions of bucks... At the it same comes, time, it's a matter of perspective too. And but like, even with anybody's normal job, you could work any of our, you know, either of our jobs. You could work a fast food place. You could, you could pick up Johnny on the spots. Like it doesn't matter what the fuck you do. Everybody's gonna have perks and disgruntlements with their workplace. Mm-hmm. Punk just took it to another level of being like, oh, they fucked me in these. He just, like, acted like he didn't even remember all the positive shit they did for him. Mm-hmm. And was just like, oh, they fucked me in this way, this way, and this way. Fuck them. And now, he's back. After, and he's speaking very highly of it. You know? After not, let's be frank, and this matters, obviously. After not a very promising AEW run, or tenure. Yeah. His... his one of his best his best moment outside of his like MJF feud probably as a whole was probably his debut there after seven years seven and a half years of being away. Yeah, that was crazy. He had a twenty minute standing ovation and nobody can take that away from him. He sold out his name and his he they sold out the United Center on based on a fucking rumor rumor that he was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever knew. Per se, necessarily. That was just what was being rumored. Can you imagine if he wasn't there, though? That crowd was so deafening with the CM Punk chants at the beginning of the show. That would have fucked that whole company if he wasn't there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That would be dickish to build it up like that, too. Um, But he had a 20-minute standing ovation. They missed him. He had some good feuds. The MJF was one of the best, probably, of his wrestling career. His, his, like, they didn't even have a feud, but his debut match with Darby was, you know... Yeah. It was good. His yeah. his MJF stuff His was stuff great. with Eddie Kingston was pretty good. His his promos were great with him. His... Any sort of run with his bout, though, was just like, oh, Once that became... Once he was positioned at the... Where he would kind of be at the forefront, 
and be the guy. It didn't... Like... I don't know. It just it didn't reset. He got hurt he got right hurt. after it. He got hurt. And then that's when he did, you know, everything he did in the post-media scrum yeah. after that show. So it was like, you just got the belt and then totally, like, just... <laughs> Tainted Why was he? <laughs> Why was he so pissed off after fucking winning? He like had that. That's the thing. I don't think whenever Punk gets fucked, that's his main thing about him that like keeps me from just like, dude. I want to like the guy because I like him as a wrestler. But then he does so much stuff that I'm like, why <laughs> do you do this, man? And it that was another thing. I I feel like if he ever gets fucked over. He completely erases all the good from the moment and just focuses every fiber of his being on the thing that's pissing him off. <laughs> so, like, you've got to be a man about this, a grown-up about this, a fucking just, you're human, everybody else is human. Not anything is going to work 100% in your favor. <laughs> he just, like, I don't know. I just, I just want to know what people think because it just, like, it's a very, there's been such controversy created around this. And I'm not saying some of his disgruntling feelings were unwarranted after the Bucks talked about, like, him getting Cole Cabana fired and, like, some of the drama there. But that's the other problem. A lot of it uh, can it be attributed to... Here's the thing. Uh, Tony Khan sounds like a great dude, a, a good booker, a uh, fucking fantastic... Like, obviously, he's still a fan. He loves doing this. But I don't think they have any structure to deal with the backstage drama and the shutting down of the bullshit. It just seems like if somebody has, if somebody's name value is big there... If somebody has too much of a pole, if something like that, it's just it's gonna kind of go off the rails because it's a conflict of interest. Yeah. If you have too much pole, or if you're like, no, this is my spot. No matter if you're CM Punk there or Chris Jericho there or the Bucks there, or if you're uh, somebody else, you know what I mean. I don't know if it's necessarily right for you to be able to dictate anything because you're still working for a company. You know yeah. what I mean. If you're not, like, the head boss. But the thing is, they didn't have anybody to really fucking pull on the reins and get control of this motherfucker. It just kept going off. That's, it's kind of like, a lot of people are saying now that they are glad that there's not an on-screen authority figure in AEW, but they need one backstage. He's like, yeah, they need somebody more backstage than they do on air. Like, they like, need somebody to hold it all together because, clearly, I know Punk's a volatile figure who's going to, you know, stir th- stir the pot a little bit. That's his, his personality. He likes to poke some poke and prod a little bit. But, like, him coming in the company and making everything implode isn't a good sign because the guy... Worked with that amount of disgruntlement in WWE for a while. And they were able to contain him to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like, you need somebody to to be able to be like, listen, do the fucking job. 
or find something better. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know why. I get that he that he was pissed about the Bucks and all the like. Let's say like let's give that to him and say that you know it was fucked that people tried to accuse him of um, getting somebody fired and everything. Which it would be if that's exactly what happened. You know, what I'm saying if they're like, oh, once Punk got here, he had Cole Cabana fired because they're they're. I don't. Even think that that's what happened, and he said that. that I think that it could happened. be sort of a mutual thing too, where Colt was like, "I don't necessarily want to be up here with him. I know yeah. it's going to be problems." Yeah. And Punk was like, "I don't want him there," so he just was like, uh, "Or just he could have just said, I don't want to be in the same locker room with him.' So like, yeah. he's not saying you should fight, putting you kind of in a position, but also like, he's not saying you should fire him. But also, that's not even saying like Punk doesn't have to be on every show. Yeah. And Colt obviously doesn't have to be on every show because he's part of the Dark Order anyways at that point in time. And a lot of the other Dark Order, you know, were competing more than him. So it wasn't like it was a huge loss to send him to ROH or whatever. And that's one of the big reasons Hangman said the shit that he said in his promo. It's also on Hangman. He was kind of friends with him, you know, too. Yeah. It's also on Hangman for shooting on him in the ring, yeah, and telling him that. Which Punk did as well, and this is yeah. what this is the one thing I'll give Hangman that was cowardly of Punk is that Hangman did it, but he did it in the ring to, to Punk's face. face. Yeah, and but Punk, Punk he felt a little embarrassed. Punk that did it in an arena that Hangman was not even at. You know, so yeah. it was like. And it was also months after that. It he happened. said because he didn't have a chance to talk about it. But because also, he finally came bro, back. No, you, I'm just, I'm you, just saying. He was the one that got the upper hand in the end because he took the belt off Hangman and yeah. left the company for a he while. Yeah, so and he was hurt and he had to heal, so he, <laughs> wait, he couldn't be on air every week. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with like I yeah um, I, uh, but you know. He didn't necessarily... I'm not... Because Punk, obviously, you shot on people in the ring, too, and or just said things either that they mildly talked about and just leaned into. And I'm not saying he's... you know, But it was on Hangman for saying that. And to be honest, though, it, as much as he was intense and for real and, like, in Punk's face whenever he said that stuff he said, he also... He, he wasn't... He didn't... He never said that that was why Outrider or something like that. He just made allusions to that... I don't like you because of this, this, and this, and this is what you did, and then, you know, whatever. But, like, he still put it within the frame of, like, their feud, you know what I'm saying? But because it wasn't being that person, that's why Punk responded with, he's just like, I don't know why you're taking this so personally. Punk, in in that circumstance, when Hangman did explode, and Punk was up to that point getting along with everybody for the most part, that he did get along with prior, um, he... Acted like a pro and didn't lash back out at him in the ring. He didn't say anything, but the problem was it built up. And then I don't know why he chose after he won, the, like right after. He was already hurt by then, too, or I don't know. I don't know if this is confirmed, so don't quote me on this. I don't know if it was if, it, if the injury happened after he went backstage and got into that fight, if it got worse after he got that fight, yeah. or if he was already injured and he was already up there kind of feeling like shit, but didn't know yeah. the extent of it, but just pissed because he needed to get out of shit, you know, whatever. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure that played into his, like, feelings that night anyway, but, like, the fucking... 
the fact that I don't I just still don't know why he chose after after he won he should have been like you know pretty happy about that he just took the reins right in front of Tony and just expressed his complete fucking uh you know oh yeah pissy attitude about it I'm not saying like it just seemed like a questionable place to do it because he spoke out about it a few different times. Was gone for nine months because his triceps were torn. Yeah. So he or gone for nine or ten months. So he, he could return anyway in that time because he was hurt. Um, but he came back. Collision was essentially his show on a Saturday. Didn't last three months and he was released again. Yep, because he got into it backstage again. Right before the All Out match yeah. with fucking Jack. Yeah. That. I think Punk's just a clear example of... Because he's human, bro. And I know tempers flare and emotions rise. And I think he's just an example of not letting your emotions cool down before you speak. I think whatever Punk feels... Like I said, I think that he's just the kind of guy that when he really gets in his head about some shit, it eats him apart. Until he makes sure that you fucking know about it. So, like, I think he's just the kind of guy that's an example of... Yeah. He's, he speaks out of emotion before letting shit settle and handling it. You know what I mean? And it's got him into a lot of shit throughout the years. Clearly. But I truly think that is him. Because we're all human, and I'm yeah. sure at a certain point in time, Punk probably does look back on some of the shit that he got I, I, into I and said and been like, man, that was kind of dumb on I my think part. So too. But he's got to back it up then because it already fucking happened and he acted that way. So, like, he's got to he's got to come up with reasonings for it because it's, it's out there, you know? To be frank, though, and, like, this isn't me saying it, I'm sure everybody thinks this in at least the wrestling community or the people that are already fed up with him, whatever... But this has to be his last chance to redeem his career. Yeah. This is it. Like, this is your back you know, to I don't know if he'll be a week-to-week talent. He might Probably be leading up to Mania season. Yeah. I don't know if they'll have him in the locker room all the time. Yeah. Especially now at this point in his age. and Endeavor has it, not Vince McMahon. Yeah. And it's a little less family-run and more, you know, it's going to be more structured, if anything. They might not have changed too much backstage other than Vince not being the head of the company and shit. Yeah. Um, but you've got to think by now, at the very least, he does realize that he needs to get it together if he wants to fucking have a decent ending for this. He's got three or four... He's got a few more years. I don't know how many. You know, only he probably knows that. And he even might not know that. One day he might wake up and be like, fuck, I can only do this for another year. But... He's, he's, theoretically, he's got a few more years at least where he can have really good to great matches if he works with the right guys and the right feuds and everything else. But if he's going to have some sort of ending that is not, you know, he can redeem it if he proves through his actions and through his, you know, getting along and communicating with everybody that, like, he fucking, yeah, you know, should be on that scale in these type of high-profile feuds, getting this kind of attention, and that that place was not the place for them, and or they had people that were irresponsible in charge. Yeah. Not necessarily saying Tony Khan or even only Tony Khan or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, 
their structure there and their, you know what I'm saying? They're also still a developing company. I mean, they're in their early years, but they're still like, they're not, you know, they haven't really found their groove like too much. Like they have in a lot of ways. They're adding more pay-per-views and stuff. And I don't want to talk, we enjoyed AEW week to week for almost probably a whole year we watched every episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at least. And, uh, I want to see them succeed because it's more people getting paid in an industry that I fucking have nothing but love for. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's only better for the wrestling community as a whole. Like the wrestling, you know, the people that are going to grow to be uh, wrestlers and shit. But, you know, you've got to find some way. The problem is I mean, you've got to have leaders that can communicate with the people under them and then also, for lack of better words, under them. we got to have people that can communicate, vice versa, and it'd be a working relationship and not... Not so organized and like a stronghold over it that there's only a few guys that can get over, and not at the expense of your talent having no limit or no fucking ceiling to where they can all just fight and fucking get into fist fights and bullshit backstage. You know what I'm saying? But you've got to have a balance between. Thing, though. Not to even shit on him too hard, but like. You've had Jericho, you've had Moxley, you've had Danielson, you've had Paige. You've had a lot of talent at this point, or Soraya. You've had a lot of talent go over there from WWE. Yeah. Punk's the only one to get into it with people. Yeah, that's true. And he's had problems with WWE before. So that's what I'm saying. He's just that's, a tempered, flared, emotional it's guy. Just, for sure. I mean, he's, and I mean, I know that it's, it can't, it's not that he maybe he wasn't provoked. You know, I'm not even saying that, but, like, his personality is what is escalating these situations. Because, like, nobody else is having these problems. Nobody. No. So in Edge, in Edge is every bit as big, pretty much, as a name. And Edge went over there, and there's been no fucking nothing. Like, no issues, obviously. Adam Copeland, mm-hmm. you know. So, Not thus far. I mean, Punk had a while while he was there where things were he okay. Did. He did, yeah. And that's not saying, like, I'll give him credit where it's due, too, because, like, you know, him and Triple H kind of came out and said, oh, you know, it's it was a decade. If you haven't changed in a decade, yeah. then you're not growing. And Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully he comes in here and he really is a company man and things work out for the best. That's what I hope for. I want to see Punk succeed there. Like, I know. I want to see a good run. I want it, I think there's a lot of cool matchups that could happen with him. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, I'm also kind of like every every single time that this happens... Like, you know, when it happened in 2013, 2014, like that era, I was in high school in that time, and it was kind of cool, because you didn't see that happen very often, and he felt like the rebel, the punk, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, this guy's, like, speaking out against the man, and, like, saying, fuck the authority, like, I got fucked, but then as I grew, and it happened in an AEW, I started to look at it through a wider lens and be like, well... If you really think about it, he shouldn't have talked that much shit on this company in the first place. That literally gave him, as I explained earlier, actually so much. Mm-hmm. And then to have similar problems, even to maybe a more escalated level in AEW, 
like over time, like how it's can it can only happen so many times for him to like lose a bit of my respect, you know? Because it's like I respect you as a wrestler, but as a human, you seem like a problem. <laughs> well, like that's the thing. It doesn't just you know follow you around this many times. It's either like that's it's got to be on you and in you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's at a certain point, it's. Every, like, if it happens, you know, everybody will be, will most likely, most rational people will get, grant you the grace of fucking up here and there and doing certain things wrong because we are human. Like, you you know, you obviously you said, but, like, if this follows you at every place you're at, everybody's always the problem. Everybody else did the shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the time. If it's just a consistent pattern, it's just like, man, maybe you need to look inward because... This doesn't happen to hardly anybody else out there like it does you. Like if you, yeah. if we go off of what you're saying, it just doesn't happen to anybody else, and that is weird because how can everybody else always be the issue and you never fucking? That goes that's through where, anybody. That's what kind of anytime. bothers me with it because it's like punk. You cannot always pull the victim card. Yeah, I mean like. At certain point, you can pull partially a victim card. You can say, "I kind of, I acted this Every, way. Yeah, I everybody acted on this side way left because this and this and this happened to me. I understand that I acted irrationally, but it's because this happened. Yeah. But he almost makes it seem like every time somehow, I'm the one that got fucked. <laughs> I'm the one that got confronted. I'm the one that like he's always yeah. the one that something happens to that he has to act." And, you know, like, Shawn Michaels, you know, my favorite of all time in a lot of ways. Like, he's like, he had a problem era. He was oh, yeah. the problem. Oh, yeah. But he grew over his years to be like, I was a fucking problem. And I accept that at this point. There's nothing I can do about it now. Except I had my issues. Yeah. But I'm, I'm working for the better. And it just feels like it's at this point it's been, you know, 10, 15 years, and Punk in ways feels like the same guy. And I always said jokingly, at least Sean had drugs to blame <laughs> to yeah. make him act irrationally. Yeah. yeah. Punk prides himself on being straight edge, and oh, he's yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> pissed off all the time. But it's, yeah, that's, that is a funny point, though. But he, exactly, he doesn't even have that excuse. He doesn't have no, uh, there's no drugs or alcohol influence in there. So it's just like, man, you are like, and to a certain degree, even if some of the things are warranted and or explained in your, like, understanding, it's just like at a certain point, you've got to, like, you can't break down and, and, and dissect every little thing. Like, you are just, you know, you're... It like I and I, and I wish there was a different word because everybody uses it like toxic or but you're toxifying certain things by just you know what I'm saying like you're sometimes you just squeeze the life out of something by just worrying and and, and being too mad and by being too fuck you know what I'm saying by the end of it there's just there's nothing left like your love for it might be gone you're you know what I'm saying like you're trying to it's just like. It leaves, basically, it leaves just a bad taste in somebody's mouth. And they're just like, instead of being like, oh, I hate that or love that, they're just kind of like, I, it's even worse when somebody's like, I just kind of want nothing to do with that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that means things are really, it's just like isolation then. It's not even, 
I fucking hate that. You don't, like, you don't got the people talking anymore. That's yeah. Bad. Yeah. So it's like, that's, you know, uh, I do hope it works out for him, though. I mean, I hope Me we too. get some more great feuds, and I hope we get... Uh, I know it sounds like we're shitting on great him, promos. No, really, we're just talking I, I through. Do like what happened? Him as a wrestler, like I hope that the WWE run, at least for a few years, works, and he has some cool matches. Like it would be cool to see him face Seth and to see him face potentially Roman or mm-hmm. Cody or whatever happens. Like it could be neat some of these matchups, but like I'll, I'll give him a fair for the return promo because I feel like it's getting a decent amount of like his pop was definitely when he survived this driver series I will say oh yeah that was loud as fuck that was pretty big I mean it was all sort of Chicago obviously yeah yeah. but like he's a saint there literally he's a second city no all of them would forgive him he could do this problem shit 20 times over they'd still cheat there they'd be like (laughs) 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 he could be 80 yeah. Just bitching. And they <laughs> left still, like, 20 companies. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'll give it a fair because it's it's turning heads in the positive and negative way. And it's, I feel like that's necessary. The punk, the punk stands are going to come out and defend it and be like, I'm just happy to see him back. He's home. This is going to be awesome. And the people that are kind of whatever about it or haters are going to be like, it was kind of hypocritical. He's talked so much shit on this company. So, well, and I do feel it's getting wrestling. Wrestling, fa- that's the thing I'll give Punk. Like, he gets people talking for fans, sure. People want to know. We'll talk about him. People want to know what he's, what's going on with him. Yeah, he's he's a controversial figure, and that works for him in some aspect. I mean, it doesn't. It comes to his detriment a lot, but he keeps he keeps people talking. Mm. He keeps people interested. You know. That, like nine fucking months he was gone people were were only talking about that more than so much other shit yeah. like, what's gonna happen when he's back what's gonna happen you know the post media scrum and then the fight obviously after yeah the backstage fights is just boy did it man I think that he had too much of a chip on his shoulder too because it was not a well run company and he was MMA trained then so he's like I gotta fuck anybody up back here <laughs> I fought the UFC, goddammit! Uh, do you have one you want to throw out there before we take a break, or no? Uh, we can we can just cut it real quick. Okay. Alrighty, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be right back on our 111th episode. We shall return in a moment. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. <laughs> when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a list of people who are Jewish, just like you and me. So do James Conn. 
on Kirk Douglas and the late Dinah Shura. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli. <laughs> Put them together. What a fine looking Jew. You don't need that the halls or jingle bell rock. Cause you can spin a dreidel with Captain Kirk and Mr. Scott. Focus. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now back with the good, the bad, and the shits on episode 111. And thinking of the double or triple numbers, I will say, this is our 44th episode of the year. Wow. So we are 10 over the prior record, even. Ben, and we're not done. Up. And we're no. not done. We still got a few more after this one. So, that being said, let's uh, let's go back to some good, the bad, and the shits following that hefty and dense CM Punk discussion. Imagine <laughs> yeah. that. Imagine that. He's got us talking about him, too. Okay. Yeah. Son of a bitch, man, he got half an hour of our show. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Of our show. Well, we might as well just continue with the wrestling while we're on it anyway. I feel like almost always throughout growing up watching wrestling and, uh, you know, the monthly pay-per-view thing, uh, it's been very rare that we haven't had a December pay-per-view. So what do you feel about going from Survivor Series into Rumble with no December pay-per-view? It wins Rumble, like, late January? Yeah, I think so. That's weird because they've, they've had double, like multiple shows in certain months of the year. I feel like December almost always got... And not that, like, usually it was kind of more of a down pay-per-view anyways because it, it wasn't going to be like one of the best it was following survivor series and before rumble so like not a whole lot was going to change typically but yeah. like december pay-per-views were always kind of fun because there was usually like a few days before christmas typically and they were just kind of like in the season of christmas and shit and you just mm-hmm. had a wrestling pay-per-view to look forward to as well you were watching it typically around all your decorations and shit. It was just kind of a cool vibe. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I guess I, I can kind of see it. It gives more of a build to Rumble. But now the week-to-week show, like, they're going to have to build rivalries and have this shit carry out before Rumble. And hopefully they make good use of their time. to make Like, I think Shinsuke's starting to have a little something with Cody. and mm-hmm. Like, they're doing certain things like that, I think, to just, like, fill up some of the space. And AEW doesn't even have a review either, do they? Because they have a full year so. already. When is the Royal Rumble? It's probably, I'm guessing December, like what, in the late teens, early 20s? Or January, oh, January. rather. Yeah. Uh, probably the 20s at least. The Royal Rumble will be held at Tropicana Field. That's January, a pretty big January twenty seventh. That's a pretty big venue for that. Holy shit! They're yeah. gonna have that many weeks off. St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah, they're not even gonna give WrestleMania that far off compared to the few or the show before it. No, but I mean from Rumble, 
you basically build the mania anyways. Like a lot of the stuff that happens in February, sometimes it changes. A I feel like mania needs like six weeks before it. Yeah. Because every week matters, typically, in the weeks leading up to Mania. Yeah. Like, every one of those shows are almost must-see, because it's, like, building up to their main event of pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Where everybody's confused, collide, and the main yeah. events are kind of made. If you get on Mania, I mean, that's a huge fucking ordeal. Like, that's a huge match. If you have a single match on WrestleMania, that's a big deal most of the time. Yeah. You know? Usually a huge, yeah. That's, like... Even if you're the opener, even if you go Usually, on... it'll be your career high. Like, if you don't do anything after that, that'll still be, like, a major moment in your career. You a got wrestler. a match on the main Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And especially if the, the attention is focused on a solo feud with you and somebody else. Yeah. Like, because that's... You get your own... Ex- like, you get your own match in front of all these fucking people that paid... You know, you get millions of people watching... Yeah, so that's a big deal. Think about that, Paul. <laughs> that's a big deal. I know, it and is. he was for the era that where we were still paying forty and fifty bucks for him. Yeah. Hell so the WWE title and then face Taker. He like exited right before that launch. Multiple money in the banks. He he left. The last time he had a match in WWE was before the WWE Network launched. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It was like before Mania some of the WWE's YouTube stuff started to pop off, like before the network happened. That's a couple of years before, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like, remember how Zack Ryder's yeah. fucking his show started Long Island, big. Whatever. That was like the whole reason fans started like really backing him mm-hmm. was because of that thing. Like I want to see him. And but, he got it over. He started getting yeah. popular because of it. I feel like people, like, WWE probably gave him that show just to be like, oh, it'll be something for our content for our YouTube, you know? And then they didn't necessarily, they were like, this is our way of using him without having to put him on the weekly show, you know? We can have him do this pod, like this kind of, not podcast, but like this kind of internet show where he moves mm-hmm. off and does whatever every week and... That'll be like the fans' fill of them. But then the fans are like, well, I see him on there every week. I want to see him in here. And it just got yeah. carried away, and the WWE didn't know what the fuck to do with him. <laughs> they dropped the ball on him so big, too, because, like, it was riding hot on him. Like, at the end of 2011, the beginning of 2012, mm-hmm. he was, like, huge. What was your overall topic? Uh, just the- no December pay-per-views. In WWE this year, like, do you feel like the December pay-per-view was cool and necessary, or do you feel like it's okay to just go from Survivor Series to Rumble? I would have expected there to be one, I guess, honestly, uh, if I wasn't looking at the month, you know, with a fine-tooth comb, but, I mean, my best... Outlook on it is, I hope if they're gonna have that much time, because we still got a whole like while we're already saying all oh, the weeks are filling up and stuff. When you really look at it in terms of days, it's still there's a lot of December left. There's a lot of stuff to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So if they're going to go that route, and then we're not talking just even January, but deep into January before the next one, then all I really have to say is they better make good use of the feuds they have going. 
and and make a great build before Rumble. Like make this not a predictable one. Make this uh, outside of the Rumble matches. Make whatever three or four matches you have outside of that, like you know, quality enough. And okay, pretty quality, but not obviously to take away from the Rumble match because that's the biggest match. The single biggest match match in terms of probably length and people and star power in it. But outside of the Rumbles themselves, the matches you have at Mania, whether there's, uh, you know, a men's or women's, uh, or like tag team belts match, like, give everything, like, make it obviously a lot about the, the Rumble matches, but like, and kind of plant your early seeds that you're going to work towards in Rumble and beyond and then into Mania. Yeah. But they just better make damn use of that time if they're going to do it, you know. So I probably would say fair. I thought that maybe they would have had one, I guess. I just have not been – I've been paying attention, but, like, more loosely lately, just with, you know, with Halloween, Christmas, with – I mean, I pay attention to some stuff, obviously, um, in Pumpy and back and shit now. But I just hope – that they have an etched out direction for which they want to go because I just don't want to. They better put something better than mediocre on TV until then. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like yeah. it needs to they're be. Gonna, they're gonna build and have some rivalries probably like play mm-hmm. out. And you'll have maybe TV. even a few matches on Raw or SmackDown that are yeah good and credible. I think and tonight on the, way, uh, on the way there, Rollins is facing Jay for the belt. Like so that you know they're doing oh, okay. some things on the week to week still. That are kind of like making up, I guess, for it. But so, what do you think, punks? Do you, a lot of people are saying not to put it into that either, but not even to take it back into the punk direction fully. But at base value, so do you think it's true that they're going to build towards Punk and Rollins? And if they do, and they do it at Mania, do you think it's going to be for the belt? Probably. At this point, I mean, Rollins has held the belt. Yeah. This long. And, yeah, I mean, I could see that definitely being the way it plays out. But then after, I, I just don't know if Rollins, like, I feel like there's a certain level of truth to him not liking Punk. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. It was played into, obviously, for yeah. TV. Because he even... Is still playing face, but I feel like I don't know if they just told him go out there and if they even told him to address it on Raw. But he like came out and started kind of cutting a promo talking about the belt and the crowd chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, you know, doing their thing. And he was like, Yeah, get it out of your system, get it out of your system. He's like, Because let me tell you something. I don't want to spend a single second of my time uh-huh. talking about that hypocrite. He's like, instead, let's talk about my belt that I held on my back for the last seven months. So that was just kind of like, I can see him adding a little bit of truth into how he really feels. Yeah. But I also think he's a professional, and this is professional wrestling, and it'll probably end up being the Mania match at this point. I don't know who would face him for the belt. Do you think night one main event and then Roman in the other one? I don't know if it would... I almost feel like it... That would be so fucked if it's they, a like, bad if came taste. back and they wouldn't. It, it almost feels like a bad taste on people's mouth to immediately put him in the main event, though. 
I feel like a lot that that is what could rub a lot of wrestlers the wrong I way. I feel like he's gonna be rubbed the wrong way if he if there's two nights now and he doesn't get put in the main event. You if he <laughs> signed a multi year deal like people are saying, that's not saying if he doesn't play by the rules for a year that yeah. next year he won't be in a main event. But I think putting him in it this quick almost is like I don't know. I could almost see Rhea and whoever she faces. They've been doing a men's potentially the last several years. Besides last year when it was the undisputed tag team belts, and then and Stone Cold actually, and and that was impromptuous, but Stone Cold and Kevin, yeah, did. And well, I mean, you know the obviously all the talent. Kevin got two main events, man. Yeah, you know all the talent. Obviously, knew about that, even though on air it was impromptu. Yeah, but you knew it was going to turn into something. But it was, I mean. I, I almost see them going back to that formula this year of night one maybe being like Rhea, potentially, or EO, or one of the women's matches belts. Like, one of their matches could main event night one. I mean, it could be Seth and Punk, too, but I almost don't know if it should be at the same time. Not that they can't still I fucking think steal the show and have a fantastic match. Because in my opinion... Charlotte and Rhea still potentially sticks out to me as the best match from this whole Mania. And that didn't main event. Mm-hmm. And everybody said that about night one. Everybody had a different favorite match. It was like... I thought that the tag was... Because in terms of story, I think the match also delivered like big time. Um, it did in that aspect. But we all had... Even somebody said Logan Paul and, and Seth and was Ricky. Um, there was a lot of good matches on that. On that night one. Yeah, that was a really, really good mania. I was like really... There was like at least four matches that were debatable to be match of the night, that first night. Dude, and then they had Lesnar face Omos. Omos hasn't done shit this year. He hasn't been here. He's gotten squashed both manias by Lashley and then by Brock. How is he a threat anymore? He's never even fucking (laughs) here now. (laughs) He's been gone all year. Omaz. I think he got married and shit. Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Where are you at? Not that being married is going to take you fucking ten months to get back. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I wouldn't... Maybe I wouldn't he's mind, getting divorced, too. I wouldn't mind seeing him. <laughs> at this point, it's been a while. I'm like, add him to the mix. And I feel like he's going to come back because he'll be, he'll be in the rumble. Just because he's that big guy and they're going to use yeah. nine people to toss him out and shit. And he'll eliminate. They'll be like, okay, we'll just feed seven guys to Just, I don't know. Former college basketball player. I bet that guy fucked people up. I would say, I would say no pay-per-view in December is a fair. If, uh, it's more fair if they actually give Rumble a credible build beforehand, and they have a good reason for doing it. But I'm surprised they don't have a single live event or single like premium live event to kind of be like, oh, this is kind of a segue. Like, there's some big matches going to be tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a lot of weeks you got to fill before then. A lot of weeks. Yeah. They're going to have to build up some storylines heading into Rumble and mm-hmm. like. And really make a you case. Could even you really want to make a case for like six people winning it. You don't want to ever be like, ah, he's going to win it. I don't think they should have Cody win it again if they're going to have Cody face Roman for the belts again. I think that that's a mistake, yeah. especially because like, what if the like, who knows? 
You think Cody... I don't know if he even wins. Now that they're building this thing with Shinsuke, I could almost see somehow Shinsuke or somebody else fucking him over at the Rumble and eliminating him because everybody knows now that that is exactly what he's going for. Cody? Yeah. Did he already answer it? Yeah. Yeah. He I said he was the first one to say, I'm entering myself into the Royal Rumble this year. I think year. he's going to, don't they still have a chamber in, chamber will be yeah. for the belt. I think so. Maybe chamber. Maybe maybe he gets a second shot at chamber. I feel like something too. like that's going to happen. I feel like somehow this year, mm-hmm. he may get fucked because people are expecting it. Because he's like already talking about how he's going to rewrite the story this year and... He's going to fight his way back into this, and he's got his eyes set on the prize still, and blah, blah, blah. What if, what so if he loses like, in that, and then he enters number one in the fucking chamber? Then he's got to survive everybody. Yeah. I can see something like Because, I mean, remember, uh, it, it, it would play out sort of similarly to how Sean ended his career when he was, like, just fucking possessed with facing Undertaker again at Mania because mm-hmm. he was so close at 25. He's like, i got to f- fucking face him again. Yeah. I'll do whatever the fuck it takes. Yeah. And like he was even like I'm gonna oh, win the career. He's like I'm gonna win the rumble because he was the world heavyweight champ at the time. Yeah, that he's was like, a well done story. And then he fucking over. yeah, he didn't win the rumble. So then he was like, I'll just fuck you out of the belt and he fucked him over at Chamber. So he lost the belt. That was cool. Like, now you have to face me. That was cool the way that he <laughs> fucking rose up in the in the chamber and then kicked. That was after he got sh- like uh the fire on him, too. The pyro. That was yeah. that show. St. Louis. I remember seeing him fucking rise up, too, from... Because I saw, like, the grate, the metal grate, like, open up and move out of the way. I was like, oh, what the fuck is going on? That, that was, was actually Sean. really cool. That they, like, put, put the story that way. And, like, had him win the belt and then fucking, you know, kicked him fucking over. Because he had to piss him off and he had to make it personal to him to get to... You know, yeah. that storytelling was tremendous. Because both those guys were always... Excellent storytellers, always. Mm-hmm. Sean and Tager. Yeah. So like putting them together, I mean, it was gonna be magic. But like that's crazy that it took that long into their careers for them to face at Mania. You know. Mm-hmm. They had great matches. They still did. Great yeah. matches. That's why I say Sean, dude. He just he knew, he knew when it was time to put it up. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, <laughs> it's getting it's getting to the end here, and he was before ball that Sean. <laughs> Which don't fucking count. Those last couple of matches, he was still like, fucking, (laughs) (laughs) he was still cutting it up in there. His last one with DX, his last couple, like his Mania matches with Taker, that was all still magic. Oh yeah. And then like, He's got to admit at this point that that was a fucking mistake. <laughs> we watched that together, and that was bad. All four of them seemed like halfway through that match, they were like, what the fuck oh, are yeah. you doing? The Kane's mask got taken off. Triple H got hurt. <laughs> Sean was bald, and he was just like... <laughs> Remember they did that awkward-ass... The Brothers Destruction did the awkward-ass yeah. thing in the ring, too. I love how you're like, bitch, ball shot. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't count as part of his career. He was a totally different guy than that was bald Sean and hair Sean. Not the same. 
And even now, doesn't he have hair back? He just decided to completely... Yeah. He probably his, figured... His hair's, like, short and slick back yeah, now. Yeah. Kind of, like, it's obviously dissipated up top and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you were so unhappy with that. <laughs> that was rough, man. I almost wish I wouldn't have got up early and watched that fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> Remember we set yeah. the alarms and we're like nine thirty and fucking oh, yeah. got up and Holy watched that shit. shit live. That's wild. That was five fucking years ago. That was also wasn't that Brock and fucking Braun? That was that such show. a bad match. <laughs> the first few crown jewels were god awful, man. Yeah, they've gotten much better. Like yeah, some of the recent they've ones have been a lot good. of shows overseas this year. Oh, yeah, a lot of shows. They're doing more next year. They've already announced certain ones. I think, uh, well, obviously, Elimination Chamber is going to be in Perth, Australia. And then... Damn. They're doing... I think it was, what, Backlash this year is going to be in Paris, France. Damn. So they're just extending... Out to other countries and shit and doing shows. And they did a lot of different shit this year, like Puerto Rico, and they went to uh, they went to a lot of places. They did the UK, Puerto mm-hmm. Rico. Uh, that Puerto Rico crowd kind of Saudi Arabia. went insane for that shit, man. Yeah, dude, the London crowd's always on fire, too. Well, that's where they did All In at, and it was fucking massive. It was like 80,000 people there. Yeah. In Wembley. You know, they've got Wembley out there. Duh, but yeah, I, I would say fair for that. Um, overall, as long as they can make, I feel like this build, I need to start paying attention, which I will more probably in January if I don't this month, uh, start just watching. Yeah, January, the only thing that keeps me going after Christmas season and holiday season ends, which is always a bummer, is it immediately transitions into WrestleMania and season football. and football playoffs. Yeah. January, <coughs> true. Um, moving on. But yeah, I'd say fair. What do you think? I mean, do you think it's underrated or overrated? I mean, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out, but it could be a little overrated because I didn't mind the December pay-per-view, even though yeah. I knew that a lot of shit probably wasn't going to change. I just don't hate it. I, I expected them to have one, actually. Yeah. I didn't know for sure, to be honest. Um... NXT's the only WWE pay-per-view this month. Mm-hmm. So I guess they figured at least they have something, but they're... you got to be also careful what week you have it because a lot less people are going to be paying attention during the Christmas week, probably. Some will still, but there's just a lot going on. So, like, you, you know, in many cases, you don't purposely release something like... You're trying to yeah. build towards an event, like, in that, you know... So if they're like, ah, let's... Just book it for half. I guess they really could have done it the last week of December, though, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. Or, like, yeah, make it close to Christmas. Because Christmas is, you know, on the week. You could even... You could do a fucking Christmas Eve pay-per-view. Fuck it. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the thing. They don't even necessarily... You, you know, you tune into Peacock. Like a week don't have before. to have... Yeah. yeah. Or it would probably be one of the scenarios where they record it maybe prior or they well they don't really do that anymore, um, but they used yeah. to record like a lot of the, I always enjoyed watching the tribute to the troops ones on like yeah, around cool. Christmas and uh, or on Christmas or whatever they'd have them because like they were always just way different and there was always some like 
actually pretty damn good in big time matches mm-hmm. that took place. At least back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, uh, wasn't it? I think Sean and Triple H had a fire match and like, oh, I don't even remember. It was in the mid 2000s at some point at a tribute to the troops. I think like a boot camp match. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a street fight, pretty much. That's it was cool. with, like army shit. Yeah, uh, those were, and it was also like a really back in the day when they like did them in like Afghanistan, and Iraq, and shit, like on bases. It was just like the vibe was so wild. Like it's that always was cool, it's though. always crazy to see the crowd, and it was also just like. Desert and army base around them, and like, just everybody in camo in the crowd. Didn't they do it like Baghdad? It was like, uh, yeah, they did wild. them in like the war zones. I think like the literal spots where shit was. Nobody out. ever had to go over there unless they they you know obviously were willing yeah. to though either. But that was I mean that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Some of that shit. Um, you ready to move on? Yep. Alrighty, I'll just throw a pretty easy one. Throw an old, I guess, drink out there. Um, what do you think of, like, hot drinks during the winter, meaning, like, hot chocolate, cappuccino, coffee? I mean, do you think, like, they slap differently when it's cold outside? Or do you think, hey, I'm going to drink this shit anyways? Doesn't really matter. I mean, I feel like a little bit of both, because... If you're cold and you have a sip of like a cappuccino, a coffee, a hot chocolate, you're like, oh, damn, that's good. You know, mm-hmm. warms you up, it tastes nice, it's, it feels good. But also with coffee, not as much necessarily, I guess, hot chocolate or cappuccino and mm-hmm. stuff necessarily, but like I drink hot coffee throughout the year, all year pretty much because... I just use it as an energy <laughs> replenisher mm-hmm. or an energy starter. Stimulant. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's It's good for that. And it's easy to sip on. It cools down quickly. In the summer, sometimes it's a bother, but like on like short days at work when I necessarily don't want to get like fired up with a full energy drink because mm-hmm. I want to come home and like chill and maybe nap or whatever. Before I really get into the day, I'm like, I'll just have a couple cups of coffee, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's kind of more of a, it's a little bit of a chiller, like, energy buzz. You kind of, like, you have more energy, but it's not really, like, affecting you necessarily in the fact of you're like, oof, I'm a little hyped up. I can do some shit, you know? So with coffee, I would say, like, it's coffee's probably like I guess overrated in that aspect with the cold weather. Not over. It. I'll just I'll, you know what I'll just say it's all fair because hot drinks in the winter they do just slap. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it, like they're not gonna hit that way any other type of the year. Even if I will drink coffee all year, nothing. Hot drinks aren't going to be necessarily as appealing mm-hmm. as they are in the cold months. Even though you know like chai tea. Coffee, those two, I'll drink all the mm-hmm. fucking time. But most, but most, yeah, I, I kind of agree because coffee is the only one I'll drink like probably year round. But I mean, cappuccino still slap between probably like December and like April or like March or April mm-hmm. between that. Yeah, but once again, that is the winter, so like, you know, um, yeah. 
But outside of that, like some of the other ones I won't have as often, but I'm obviously with you on the caffeine thing. And sometimes since I don't drink coffee as often, like the caffeine is just a little more potent, a little more powerful to me than like once I get used to energy drinks. Like I, my body just gets yeah. used to the same. That, that kind of sucks. It does. You know, I, used I, to I just do wanted, so much. I just wanted to do what it does, man. Not have me like. If I'm like really tired, it'll help like wake me up and get me started. But it's I'm not like it almost like keeps you neutral more than yeah. it gives you a boost. Yeah, that's the problem. Um. Yeah, I can I can see that though. They do they do slap, but I, like coffee, I've been drinking coffee obviously the whole year and shit. It's wild because there's a time when I'm like, ah, I ain't gonna fucking drink coffee that much. But it's the easiest to drink out of those three. If we're just even keep, there's a lot of there's a million drinks out there and shit. But like keeping it between like even those three basic things, it's easiest to drink coffee like most of the time yeah. than waking up and drinking. Because, like, I, there was, I, and I still might like the flavor of cappuccino more than, like, most coffee or, like, obviously hot chocolate, but, like, I, I also know that if I drink cappuccino that much, I get tired of it. Yeah. You know, coffee, you can always put a different creamer in there, you can always do a, di- you know, like, there's, or buy a different brand, like, there's various things you can do to keep it kind of different while still remaining the same thing. Mm. Yeah, lately I've been, like, well, I guess for the past, like, little while... Another hot drink that I've been on is, like, just the chai tea. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not, like... I guess there is some caffeine in them, but... Oh, yeah, there's caffeine in tea. They're mainly, like... To me, I just like the taste of it. I don't even know necessarily how to describe it. It's kind of, like... Sort of like a, a minty, but also kind of just, like, a hot and... It's got a little bit of, like, a cappuccino, but, like, a minty sort of aftertaste. Like, you mm-hmm. can almost say... Like, mint leaves, though. You know what I mean? Like, the actual pretty good but that's all those hot drinks though i feel like most of the time with hot drinks it's i drink them and they're caffeine related you know what i mean a lot of hot drinks tend to go that way if i'm going to drink them like i guess besides hot chocolate hot chocolate just kind of like a delicacy i enjoy it every now and then during certain environments Mm -hmm. but i'm not like Typically, the kind of person that drinks hot chocolate just all the time, all year. <laughs> I know people that do, too. Yeah, I know. It's just like, I can't imagine in July, I'm going to get some hot chocolate. <laughs> it's out there. It's yeah. cheap as fuck. Swiss Miss, man. Yeah. They're like thanking you for the business, yeah. too. I'm just sure. get some fucking... Honestly, jet though, puffed, hot chocolate is damn good. Get though. some jet puffed marshmallows and just. I might make some when we get off. I got some Swiss Miss in the cabinet. Oh, do you? Yeah. I hope it's still good. I mean, it's been in there for fucking probably a year. Oh, I'm know? sure it's you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's basic ass ingredients. Yeah, it's just the powder. Even if like that kind of shit expires, I'm like, yeah, it's probably still fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like with yeah. certain things, you're like, I would, oh, yeah. I wouldn't attempt it. But with that, I'm no. like. Yeah. So you think fair overall? Yeah, because I mean, I do see the appeal to it more in the cold because mm-hmm. it's just like it sounds good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that I wa- am opposed to drinking hot drinks not in the super cold months, but they do hit in those months. Yeah. It's probably easier to drink coffee in like the colder, you know what I'm saying, anyways, like stuff like that. Like I drink, like to make you, yeah, regular you it regular because yeah. you're like, yeah. 
Alright. Well, I guess we'll continue with the uh, food. Food drink category. Coming up on Hanukkah, I know a big uh, thing for Jewish people that's like bagels, bagel shops, things of that nature. You mm -hmm. know? So in that, in, in light of that, what is your take on everything bagels? You know what I mean? Like, oh god, all the stuff on them. I feel like that's big. For they like, say all the stuff, but it's nothing that's on any of the other fucking bagels. It's just everything <laughs> is in like a shitload of things on a bagel. I feel like that's all that means. What is even on it? <laughs> a lot of seeds and shit. Yeah, I let's look it up here. Everything they're good if you're gonna make us. If you're gonna have a bagel sandwich, they're not bad. If you got some meat and cheese in the middle of that, I can see that. You can complete it. But by itself, just with some like butter or toasted, you don't just want it. I would rather have like a blueberry like bagel egg and meat and yeah, yeah. Or blueberry cinnamon things like that. My sister, better. my sister made a good point though by saying. uh Whenever you get a plain bagel, it's easy to get like a fruit spread in it. Like you can maybe eat them like regular, but like it's it's good to get a fruit like a blueberry cream cheese or like a strawberry cream cheese, or, like, <coughs> just some sort of flavored one. But then if you have a flavored bagel, the regular cream cheese isn't bad, obviously, because mm -hmm. it's literally at least one of them was bringing like flavor to it and making it kind of a little more than just the classic. I don't even mind the classic one sometimes, but if I have a choice. Like, I will probably get some blueberry ones and at least regular cream cheese. Maybe if I get some regular ones, get, like, a different kind of spread or something. So I do kind of agree with that in that regard. With the everything ones, I will say this. It's like, you know me. I mean, I'm not a picky eater whatsoever. But, like, I, uh, I don't go for that one often. I'll eat it, but I don't really go for it. Like, in terms of, uh, yeah. if there's blueberry ones, regular ones, or everything bagels, like, I'm not going for that one first. I'm going for the blueberry yeah. ones. And also, even if there's like, a regular one, I'll, I I don't know. I It just kind of depends. If, if a regular bagel is toasted right and it's soft on the outside but crispy on the inside and there's butter, it's damn good. And on butter's a, not too bad either. On, on, a, on a regular bagel, I probably potentially prefer it. But it's... I agree. I feel like I like cinnamon... Brown sugar cinnamon, cinnamon raisin, blueberry, and uh, chocolate chip more than everything. Everything bagels, like I said, they're good if you're making like a bagel sandwich. Because then it's just kind of like a grainy bread between the meat and cheese, you know? Mm -hmm. Says everything bagels, though, the ingredients. The recipes often include garlic flakes, onion flakes, poppy seeds, and sesame seeds. With caraway seeds, kosher salt, and oats also often added. So just a fuckload of things. Mm -hmm. And it's not, like, that's not always how you're wanting to start. I'm wanting to start my day. If I'm going to have a bagel in the morning, even if I'm going to have an egg between it or something, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want... To start my breakfast eating garlic flakes, onion flakes, poppy seeds, and sesame seeds. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I... It's kind of difficult because I don't necessarily see a lot of people going crazy for them, but I... Yeah. But I also just... 
I'm not a huge fan. I'm not picky, so I will eat them if I have to or yeah. if I'm, like, hungry. They're around. I mean, I've gotten them every now and then if I want to make sandwiches. But I will say that, like, if there's, you know, mixed berry ones or blueberry ones or even chocolate chip bagels or, like, like yeah. I'm not probably going to buy the every the everything bagels over the other flavors. Over a lot of the other flavors. That's the thing. I know. Like, and I... So... I want to. I feel like I want to like them more than I do. Cause I like, need to try another one again because it's been a lot, probably a long time. But when I really come to think about it, like you said, I like brown sugar, cinnamon, cinnamon raisin, chocolate chip, blueberry, mm-hmm. regular. Those are like all, all those probably yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> and that's. I guess that doesn't speak too highly about yeah. the everything bagel. I would rather be. Like plain or almost like fruit flavored that have a bunch of seeds and fucking spice bullshit in them. I don't know. I'll eat them. Like that's the thing. I'll eat them still. Yeah. But I would probably say a little overrated because I wouldn't probably choose them first personally. Yeah. But I don't. I will say I don't think their reputation is that they're supposed to be the almighty bagel anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, at bagel shops, I feel like they're added a lot because, like I said, they just, they make creations with them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you can get an egg everything or a, you know, stuff like that where you can get them with things on them. And they probably mm-hmm. are good when you add a bunch of meats and eggs and cheeses and different shit. But then it's probably all those other things that are tying the bagel together and making it taste as good as it is. Yeah. So in that aspect, as a standalone, I'd probably agree. If you just got to eat an everything bagel versus almost every other bagel yeah. at the market. In that regard, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm just not, you know, it's like I'm not choosing it, you know? Not over, not over all these other delightful ones. Yeah. Um, I'd probably agree. Oh shit, is it time for my other one? Yep. My last one, I don't think, looking back, we've ever done this. And it's kind of funny we ended up playing the Hanukkah song because my topic is Eight Crazy Nights. Have not watched it this year yet. Yeah, Obviously, I, usually, I usually wait till it's within Hanukkah and then I yeah. usually try to watch it sometime within those days. It's, it's, uh, it is a Christmas movie too. Yeah, it's, it's both. But it's both. But it's, it's nice because it's an Adam Sandler animated film which is already different. But it's also kind of doubles as a Hanukkah film with Christmas. So it's kind of like, it's sort of a unique, sometimes overlooked movie. I'm not saying it's obviously my favorite Adam Sandler movie either, by any means. No. Um, it's, but it's yeah. funny. It's enjoyable to go back it's to. A, it's, a, it's a good holiday film. Because mm-hmm. I think that the fact that it does incorporate Hanukkah and Christmas sets it apart. Mm-hmm. It makes it its own thing entirely. And it, that in itself makes it rewatchable every year because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a both holiday movie and you can watch it on the days of Hanukkah, which usually are the days leading up to Christmas. So mm-hmm. it like ties it's right all in. within the Christmas season. Yeah. So it's like, so it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, and that, I think that it's honestly a little underrated because I don't feel mm-hmm. like modernly it's very talked about. Like I remember, you know, yeah. growing up when we were younger, like, elementary middle school era it was more talked about because it was newer and it was kind of like in the next adam sandler movie yeah. during his like 
era of just absolute fucking savagery. Yeah, he was just releasing a bunch yeah. of shit. And they were all pretty funny. So, like, it seemed like that was then, but now, yeah, I agree. I probably agree with that, too. Because I think that it's still one that I rewatch pretty much every year, but I don't necessarily think that it's one that a lot of people do. It's not very talk about, you know? No. Like, it's not probably to the level that it is for me. Because it's almost always on my list of Christmas holiday movies. I don't think I watched it last year, but most years, I've, like, other than maybe last year, I probably watched it at least four or five out of the last six years. Yeah. In Christmas. Yeah, so, and that, and also with it being Hanukkah and Christmas and kind of. That is going to extend more ground to more people. So I'd probably say underrated. Yeah. I know there's, and there's not a lot of Hanukkah movies. So that is another one. There's a Hanukkah horror movie that came out in 2019 called Hanukkah. And it had the girl, the final girl from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Sid Haig and a few other people in it. Really? But... There's that, and then there's that one called, like, The Hebrew Hammer that I've never seen, but I've heard funny shit about, and I'm probably going to check it out this year. It's got, like, uh... Oh, man, who the fuck was in that movie? I read about it the other day, and it just made me laugh. Andy Dick plays the bad Mr. Like, Damien Claus. But, yeah, that's kind of, like, that's another one that's sort of Hanukkah and Christmas, too, Mm -hmm. though. But yeah, besides like a, a very small few like Hanukkah movies, there's not a lot of them, you know, so it's it's kind of neat that that exists in that aspect too. It's another avenue to turn to for a lot of people that I feel like a lot of people don't turn to because they just don't talk about it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But movies it's, it's also very seasonal. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, and it's honestly kind of a sad story when you're looking at, like, Davies, like, past and his family and everything, and, like, it also, there's also a, a connect, like, there's a, you know, they're celebrating sort of different things, and, like, it's kind of showing all those people together, because some are celebrating Christmas and some are celebrating Hanukkah, but they're all, like, mm-hmm. embracing the same season together. So it's kind of, like, good on that front, too, you know? Yeah. Um, Just thinking of the scene where he's like, get out of my car. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> Thanks for dropping yeah, me yeah. off. Because this is where I live, idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's points right at his front door. <laughs> this is where I live, idiot. <laughs> he's like, oh, did he bullies the shit out of Whitey? Oh, yeah. He's a <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> That shit was fucking... He's, he, like, vouched for him, too. He's just like, we, this young man needs correction. Yeah. I mean, but that was what made the story. It was kind of yeah. like how I told you with Bad Santa, too, where, like, a lot of Christmas movies really are like that, where it's, like, a character that is just an utter piece of shit. Yeah. And then, like, throughout the course of the movie, there's something that happens to them within the holiday season that kind of, like, warms their heart again mm-hmm. and brings them back and somebody, like... Somebody they originally pushed away and treated like shit, typically. Yeah. Like, pulls them back and makes them human again. It's a classic story. It's just like... It was the Grinch, man. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of shit. 
Bad Santa was ridiculous, though, dude. Oh, yeah. I saw... <laughs> it's been years, but I I saw that a long time ago. See, I, I feel like I might have seen bits and pieces of that Never saw before, two, though. But no, I haven't either. And it didn't get near as good of reviews as one. But, yeah. I I also like Billy Bob Thornton and Bernie Mac. Like, I, I always thought those two were pretty funny. And, like, I just like them as, like, characters and people. So I was like, I gotta check this out. Mm-hmm. And it... It was what it was, man. It was definitely a 2003 yeah. raunchy, offensive-ass guy. Billy Bob Thornton has just got like a... He is just really good at having this just prick demeanor. Like, just, I just him, this... Like, he's just... I don't I know don't what it is know. about him, but I've always, like... Not even that I've seen... I've seen a decent amount of movies that he's in, but, like... Just as a character... He's almost a character as a human. His name's fucking Billy Bob, you mm-hmm. know? Like, he's eccentric as fuck and just weird, and he plays, like, this dickhead in a bunch of movies, but he also plays, like, special needs guys in, like, mm-hmm. a movie or two. He just, he has a wide range of different, I'm just saying, like, this dude's an interesting fucking guy. Mm-hmm. He dated Angelina Jolie, but kind of looked like shit the whole time. It's like, how did this guy <laughs> pull Angelina Jolie, but nobody <laughs> ever knew. <laughs> he's just—he's just an interesting dude. Oh yeah. He—I—I I do agree though. He's like—he can just come off like. I didn't question for a second in that movie him being like, just. A just a worthless piece of shit drunk, because oh, that's yeah. what he was in that. You know? Yeah, because that's how he. But he's good at playing that sort of like thing. You like you, you like you can see him just lean into that and just acting that way. Like just just with some of the roles he's portrayed before. Yeah. It's like I don't know. He's good at playing that. Yeah, he's he's funny. And Bernie Mac too, like uh uh-huh. He got taken way ahead of his time. Remember that movie Mr. Woodcock with Sean oh, William yeah. Scott? Oh yeah. He was a dick in that too. That was a great movie too. <laughs> Mr. Woodcock, just <laughs> the funniest title, too. Fucking, what else is he in uh, around that time? It was School school for Scoundrels or whatever with yeah. fucking, with fucking Napoleon. John <laughs> he was another one that was, he's a pretty funny actor. He just yeah. kind of fell off after the 2000s, but he was in some funny shit. Blades of Glory with Will Ferrell. Yeah. That was funny as hell. The Benchwarmers, he was yeah. in that. Sling Blade was another, like, huge Billy Bob role. Yeah. I haven't watched that in years. A Billy Bob role. Poonstown. Hey, was he, like, a main lead in this Fargo suit? Yeah. I didn't know that. I Maybe I need to watch Fargo since I like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because apparently he's like one of the leads in that show. That originally was a movie by the Coen brothers, Fargo. And then it got converted into a show. Mm-hmm. Five seasons. I thought they did release a movie called Fargo. They did. It was before the show. Yeah. They released it in like the 90s. It was like the Coen brothers movie. They've released some interesting shit too. They did the, the Bow to Buster Scruggs. On Netflix. Uh, Billy Bob also played, like, the investor in uh, the film that Vincent, Vincent Chase is making in, like, the Entourage movie. 
No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Haley Joel Osmond, or no, maybe that was. Uh, it was Haley Joel, yeah. Was it? Or is that the girl? Is that his sister? No, Haley Joel Osmond's the name of the boy. Okay. The child actor. Who's his sister girl. then? Because they look really similar. What, he had a famous sister too? That looks fucking almost exactly like him. Let's see. I mean, I know the like, the difference, but yeah, they're. I'm pretty Emily sure it's, Osment. Yeah, it's Emily then. Yeah, I didn't really even know her. He I was guess. Little Forrest. He was in Hannah Montana shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment, dude. He kind of was like. He was a cute little kid, and then he just grew up to kind of look like a dick. I don't know <laughs> what it is about that guy's face that's so punchable. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. He like. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely felt that way in the Entourage movie. Anything but the now. Like, but the uh, dude, secondhand lions. This face, man. Yeah. <laughs> secondhand <laughs> lions. He was still a pretty innocent looking kid. You remember that? That's right. I don't know where it went wrong. Because I mean, even as like a teenager and young adult, you didn't You're look like, bad. You're like, like, you can't have this face. <laughs> As a kid, look at him with Bruce Willis, Sixth Sense, man. He was adorable. Dude, he looks like an asshole with facial hair. It looks bad. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, that probably is it, because he doesn't look too bad there. Because he had these, like, squinty-ass <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I'm not being a dick. I'm just saying. It's not that bad. Yeah, look yeah. at him. He's white. When you're like this, <laughs> when you're this guy, there's a problem. <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit! Honestly, though, that's not a bad look to have as an actor, because then you can get yeah. casted in some roles. Oh yeah. There's always a need for a character that people want to hate. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love how he was like in these innocent ass roles, and then that's what, <laughs> that's what he ended up being typecasted as later. It's like, man, you just look like a dick as an adult. <laughs> Something about you I don't like anymore. All right. <laughs> Villain. <laughs> it's just like... Oh, Makes shit. sense they time as Billy Bob's son then, I guess. Yeah, and they were like rich as fuck, but they didn't like any of the movies that they did. <laughs> yeah, the studio. That. He's like, I've invested over millions of dollars in all these movies. You know how many I've seen? Or he's like, I have no idea. He's like, not a damn one of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like billionaires from Texas. In yeah. That. Which just kind of reminds me of Righteous Gemstone shit with uh, Eric Andre's characters. Yeah. Him and his wife. It's like that same kind of a Texas aristocrat kind of character and shit. That's just, just they all, The Texas aristocrat's always annoying in movies. They're like real Texan rich motherfucking businessman. You're like, oh. they typecast that character big time in oh, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, D- it's Doug Dimadome from fucking yeah. Fairly Odd Parents. It's, it's, it's easy guy. to do that. There's a lot of people that would be willing <laughs> to play it too. Billy Bob, man, he fucking lands right into that ballpark. That was a good role for him. Oh yeah. Um, you got one more. Yeah, what did I say for that? What was that? You said underrated for Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stand by that? Yep. Alrighty. I'm going to watch that here soon, probably. Same. Alright, we got... Uh, thinking about this guy, I mean... 
he's been in a whole lot of movies, but like, dude's been in a decent number of Christmas movies if you really look at it. A lot of Christmas content. Mm-hmm. Tim Allen, because I mean, aside from even the Santa Claus movies, he had Christmas with the Cranks. You know, he was Woody. He was Woody. He's been in, he's been in a lot of stuff. No, he's, Obviously, Home Improvement is a big thing. Oh, he's yeah, he's, he's Buzz. Buzz. Woody was Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. That was a good combo there. But yeah, I mean, the Santa Claus movies were huge for him. Obviously, the Toy Story movies, Christmas with the Cranks. Like that's what I mean. It's kind of weird how many Christmas movies this guy ended up in. But he had mm-hmm. Galaxy Quest, that Zoom movie, Wild Hogs. Do you remember Wild Hogs? Is that a Christmas movie though? No. Yeah, I'm just talking about other movies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Jungle the Jungle. I kind of remember that one. And he was in a lot of, like, children's movies, I feel yeah. like. It was, like, a big role, like, a big thing for him, a big thing that he fell into. Tim Allen. Which is kind of funny, considering uh, he had so many issues in his young days, you know? And then he fell into playing Santa Claus and being, like... A, like a children's movie star. Mm-hmm. I mean, he ended up making fucking money, man. He ended up uh, taking a lot of roles. That the he guy overcame his he did. his demons. That's for sure. Which I mean, it's it's commendable. And they didn't like overtake it. Like he honestly, I feel like he went through those problems before his career ever took off. Mm-hmm. And then once he, he got, got a lot of roles, shit, yeah, he had a ton of roles. Yeah, then once he, like, got on that horse and started creating shit and, like, getting, you know, casted and things, it mm-hmm. just, he stayed on the straight and narrow and never had to fall off again. Well, and honestly, he was good in sitcoms, he was good in movies, like, he was good, like, you know, he was a good voice actor. He's got a very distinctive voice, too, so, that's a, you know, it kind of makes sense why he'd be Buzz. I mean, Buzz Lightyear, man. Yeah, his Fucking voice is very notable yeah. character. He's good for animated features for that aspect mm-hmm. because because he has that voice. There's certain people like that, like Eddie Murphy was great for it, and Chris Rock obviously. Chris Rock's voice is so Chris Rock that like he was in Kung Fu Panda, wasn't he? He was in uh, Madagascar's. Or yeah, yeah, it was Madagascar. <coughs> Jack Black was in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. That was his. Wow. Look at that. Okay. Well, yeah, there. I feel like there's a, a number of... I remember Chris Rock saying even. He's like, man, there's some people that say, man, this voice acting stuff's hard. I've been saying this at like some... I don't know, some interview. He's like, they're like, oh man, it's hard to be a voice actor. You gotta... Because you gotta play the character without seeing the character. You gotta just make the voice. He's like, motherfucker, that was easy. He's like, I just went in there and spoke the mind. Yeah, because <laughs> he's just got that voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's funny as fuck though. Which I feel like is the case, bro. You sit in front of a mic with the paper in front of mm-hmm. you. You don't have to remember the line and go act it in front of a camera. You know. So you said you rewatched the Santa Claus from Tim yeah. Allen's pretty recently. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like that. That's. That's a pretty big Christmas movie for me nowadays. Like, I really enjoy that one. That's pretty much a yearly watch. Hasn't been on my list every year, but I think the last... Uh, it's probably been on there, like, two of the last three, maybe. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, watched Christmas it. with the Cranks. I've watched it a lot of times at yeah. this point too. Yeah, I have it on my list to watch. I'll probably end up watching it because that's an easy casual throw on too. Like if you're not, and that honestly is a good story too because him and that his neighbor have kind of a feud and then it ends up working out. Yeah. He gives them the tickets for their trip. That's the same way with uh, Deck the Halls came out like a year later, and it was a very similar story, but mm-hmm. not the same exact, but it was Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito, <laughs> and they were neighbors across the street from each other, and they like got in this big old rivalry over shit, and then by the end of the season, they came together, because they basically like pushed their families away to the point where their families like exiled them. Mm-hmm. To where it was just them then at their houses, and they like came together to solve things and get their families back. So it was kind of like a similar. I feel like that era of Christmas movies, like they were all kind of like it was a weird era. It's like Christmas with the Cranks, Deck the Halls, like none of them were huge, but they were all solid Christmas movies. Yeah, they, none they, of them turned into classics. Down. After Elf, there was not a mega Christmas movie for like. Has there still been? I don't know, I guess you could say Jim Carrey's Christmas Carol in 09 that Disney did was pretty big. There was... I mean, but that was also Jim that, yeah, after The Grinch and after other things, I feel like he sold that movie in a lot of ways, too. I don't... I mean, the story's always... But it's harder now, because I don't know if you're going to birth a Christmas classic like that anymore, because so much stuff is streaming now. Not a lot of Christmas movies hit theaters, you know? Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of new ones that drop every year on streaming. Like this uh, year, there's like that Candy Cane Lane, and last year it was like Spirited. If with, you want to watch Violent Night, too, we can. That's, yeah. That was pretty solid. I was pretty entertained, and I thought it was funny. Yeah, there's usually like, I feel like, one that they'll drop in theaters every year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in 2020, it was supposed to be Fat Man, but they couldn't. 2021, yeah. it was what? 2022 was Violent Night. I think Fat Man would have done pretty This well. year it's Silent Night. Um, yeah, Fat Man probably would have done all right. The night before release, when that came out. People seem to not like Mel Gibson, too, so that could have went either way, I guess. I like him. I like him more than... I like him as an actor. Yeah. I think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also I... looked a lot like my Uncle Gary in that movie, and my Uncle Gary's like past now. But I still fucking see him in him. So, like, I never forget what he looks like because oh, he yeah. looks so much like him in that movie. The night before came out, like, November 2015. But that was solid, too. I mean, that yeah. was... But, see, the thing is, it's like, that is a very hard level to reach. And, like, there were still movies reaching that level into, like, 2000. But, like, Elf, I don't know if there's been anything bigger than Elf since Elf. There's an argument to be made. Yeah, I don't know. There's obviously an argument to be made about Jim Carrey's Grinch versus Elf or versus a lot of the Christmas classics that came before that. But since then, like the last 20 years, they've been much harder to come by, you know? Yeah, there's... There's been some great ones, and the ones you might not like, but as far as the masses, that it's something got over that big, I don't know, That's those are big shoes to fill, you know? Yeah. Christmas Chronicles a few years back was really good. I didn't like. I think I tried watching the first one. I don't know if I got through it or not. With uh, Jeff Bridges and it's uh, Kurt Russell or Kurt Russell, Jeff Bridges. But yeah, same kind of era, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're... Kurt Russell's held up a little better. He, he like, really fits looking like Santa, though. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it works. I enjoyed that one. I'll probably check the second one out. This See, year. I always loved Jack Frost, the 98 one that we watched, and I thought that had a severe amount of, like... Like, it was not really that much attention was brought to it. Some people probably didn't like the CGI that they did or whatever. I don't really have any complaints about it because, I mean, it was, you know, it was a kid's movie. Like, it was still, it was sentimental in a lot of ways, too, but I always thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, from then. Yeah, that one's pretty decent. I liked Fred Claus. I always watched that every year. It was Fred Claus and Four Christmases. They mm -hmm. came out, like, not too far from each other. Yeah, too. I think it was, like, 07, 09. Yeah, that was, those are both good. Yeah, I don't know, though, like, Christmas classic-wise, at least to the mainstream sense, Elf was probably the last mega blockbuster hit. Mm-hmm. Been a long time. Yeah. Which, that's the thing, like, even if there isn't a huge blockbuster hit, there's been a number since then that I've liked enough to include oh, yeah. on a lot of my lists yeah. every year. You For know? Sure. So, like, there's going to always be Christmas movies that still still are coming out that I'm going to watch and enjoy and add to potentially my yearly list or most mm -hmm. years or whatever. What do you think, if you have to take something in the last 20 that has been the biggest, what do you think it's been? Like, after Elf, what do you think has been the biggest Christmas release? Like, the biggest... Movie that Christmas that stood the test of time since Elf. Like, what do you think? Oh man, it was. That's hard. I know. I don't know what I. I don't even know what I would say it was. Yeah, I don't. And Eight Crazy Nights made a little bit of money too, but it came out in like '02, so it was between Grinch and Elf. Was it that? I thought it was '04 for some reason no, in my it was, head. It was '02. Um. Yeah, I, and off the top of my head right now, all I'm thinking is like... It might have been Jim Carrey's Christmas yeah, Carol. Yeah, Christmas Carol. I don't know. I don't know what else. Might have been the biggest one. The Home Alones, Christmas like Vacation, like a lot of those bigger ones yeah, that those, are older. Yeah, they all came, yeah, they all came before. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is like it could it could potentially also be the Polar Express. That one kind of stood the test of time too. Mm -hmm. Probably the Polar some Express. Some people I've heard some Christmas people shit on the animation since then too. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. I still no, pretty, I, I still pretty much watch it every year. I watch it. I I don't necessarily always watch it, but like I'll still watch it. That's another one that Haley really enjoyed. Yeah. I uh, I don't think I watched it last year, but I think I watched the year before that. I didn't watch that many last year. I think it got started kind of late. And then, like, I... Yeah, I'm going to watch quite a few this year from the looks of it. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest Christmas list was, like, 30 uh, as far as, like, marking it down and doing the actual list. Yeah, my votes are for uh, Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol and The Polar Express, probably since. <sighs> yeah. Elf. Yeah, I can see that. I wonder how much Jim Carrey's Grinch made, or not Grinch, uh, Christmas Carol made. 
They'll redo it eventually again. Just the oh, yeah. that, that's such a classic. It's always gets. It's been redone since then. Mm-hmm. FX did like a three part series on it, like in twenty nineteen or something like that. Did they? Yeah. I'm sure there's been multiple since that one. Actually, just haven't held the test of time maybe as much. Yeah. See, this one had okay. The hell. Um, I would say, like, that might be correct on the 2009 one. I was trying to see what it, uh, it says it made 325.3 million against probably a, I was trying to look how much the budget was. So in terms of that, it was a, I, I can't imagine it was more than 60 to 100 million. Yeah. What but for for the O nine one? So if it made three hundred and twenty five plus mil against that budget, then that's a massive box office hit still. Yeah. Let's see here. Making like Oh shit, it actually had two hundred two hundred million dollar budget. For an animated movie? Holy fuck! <laughs> It's, it's, like, visuals did look really, really good, though. They were really well done. The Polar Express was 314.1 million. Okay. But, yeah, they, they were really, the animation in the 09 was really good. Mm-hmm. And their budget was 150. That had to have been the biggest film box office wise that they've made like uh, Christmas wise I feel like since then I mean how much did the the Grinch make the 2018 one I feel like a lot of people shit on that though compared to Jim Carrey's yeah I still honestly haven't watched it because I watch the cartoon and Jim Carrey's every year yeah the classic cartoon and Jim Carrey's wasn't it just called the Grinch yeah it made holy shit! It made five hundred twenty-seven point eight million. But that's you know. Yeah. Fifty-nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes, so almost positive. Did damn good though. Hmm. Maybe I should give it a watch, huh? I only watched it in, like, 2018, and that was, like, the only time I saw it. Is it worth it, or is it... I need to watch it again. I wasn't overly impressed with it, but it was five years ago. I'll probably skip out on it this year, especially if I watch the mean one. I don't need all this Grinch content. (laughs) (laughs) The mean one. (laughs) Oh, shit. They also made a... It's a Wonderful Life horror movie this year called the, It's a Wonderful Knife. I saw that actually. I saw the the somebody post about it. So that's so Tim Allen was your subject, right? Yeah, just as uh, I feel like he gets his due. I mean, he's played a lot of iconic characters. I mean, he's played Santa Claus. Yes, he's played he Buzz. He was 
What's his face in Home Improvement? I'm sorry for the people that are probably pissed off at me. That are love fucking love Home Improvement. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You weren't a big fan. I mean, I watched it somewhere. Fucking came on Nick at night, and I was still up. Yeah, but you never. Uh, you were never like I need to watch this beginning to end. Tim the Tool Man. Wasn't his name something like that? Probably. Yeah, I'm not like, oh, I gotta stay up to catch the continuing story. <laughs> oh, <Home> improvement. <laughs> it seems like you could just throw that on any time. Most sitcoms you can, but even when it comes to sitcoms, I'm not going to home improvement most of the time. Maybe I will if I watch through most <laughs> all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, don't give it too much. Because, I mean, like, I'm kind of doing that right now anyways. I watch through all of... Uh, Obviously, you know, because, I mean, we've watched through that 70s show multiple times. I watched through all The Office. Mm-hmm. I watched through all of Everybody Loves Raymond. I watched through all of King of Queens. And I'm watching through all of George Lopez now. So I might end up on <laughs> fucking home with <laughs> Before it's over. Next, <laughs> next is certainly the Bernie Mac show, though. I'm oh, not shit. going... I'm not going right to fucking Home Improvement. Home Improvement, that, that'll be about seven shows down the line. I'll probably yeah. watch Roseanne before that. Probably <laughs> Roseanne's probably pretty funny. Yeah. It, I remember some of those episodes were good. She has some damn good Halloween episodes. I've seen some of it before. Um, and Christmas. I would probably say a fair rating for Tim Allen overall. Because he was in some big shit. Uh, he's a no. He's a decent, pretty much a household name at this point, yeah. and I, he's making hell. Of I definitely don't think he's overrated, um, but I wouldn't say that I like love him that much to where I'd be like, ah, he's pretty underrated or undervalued. Like he's been in some major shit too. Yeah, he's he is in a lot of ways. He was in you know the movie The Santa Claus. Like he is a lot of people's Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Like when they see him in cinema or film. Like, he's it. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's been a lot of people that have played him, but for a lot of people, you know, he is that guy. So, there's a... And Buzz, too, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a number of things that he's he's left his stamp in mm-hmm. Hollywood at this point, where he's, after he's long done acting, and, you know, gone from Hollywood, there's characters that are going to forever be tied to him, mm-hmm. you know? Um... I would probably see fair on that front. Yeah. And, like, he's got a good story you know, of overcoming his shit and uh, becoming, on becoming a success, yeah. So that's a classic tale there. Seems like a decent dude. Yeah. I haven't heard any, I haven't heard too much, you know, beyond the stuff that he went through, I haven't heard too much, like, negativity surrounding his name or anything. No. I mean, he's, yeah, he's still around. I mean, and if there was, like, do you think he'd still be getting casted and all this stuff like this? Yeah. Probably. Especially... I feel like, too, we're in this era now, yeah. where if somebody was a fucked up motherfucker back in the day, yeah. you would have heard about him by now, because yeah. at this point, people aren't afraid to say it. Unless somebody just has ultimate power, which most actors don't in Hollywood. No. <laughs> they're just, they're dying to get roles, so. <sighs> yeah, a Yep. Um... Well, this is our December opener, our 44th episode of the year, 110, 111 overall ever. The triple threes. So, triple, 
triple ones. We are still rolling. We still got a while for the triple threes. Yeah. Um, we are still rolling, and uh, hopefully everybody's off to a great Christmas season, start holiday season. It's a fucking, it's going to be a wild month, so I'm sure uh, we'll be revisiting here really soon. What's well, exciting and can be stressful times of the year, but try to just live in the excitement of it. Don't let it just pass before your eyes, stressed out over what am I going to get for this person? Yeah. How am I going to see these people? And how, if are you, gonna, and if, how are we going to get to do all of these things? And if you, know? you can't, and if you can't do it, like don't overstretch it. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody fucking should be going broke yeah. for fucking. You know what I'm saying? Like in order for their family to feel like they appreciate them or something like that. Yeah, there's no need to. The fun of the holiday season is sort of the randomness. Yeah, you have to plan certain things. Mm-hmm. You just have to, but like. Mapping out every night of that shit, it just ruins the season at a certain point. Like, okay, we gotta set up our stuff this night, we gotta go to this this night, we're going to see lights on this night, we're gonna watch this movie this night. It's like, you can map, you can map out your shit almost too much during the holiday season to where Mm -hmm. you take all the fun away from it. You gotta have fun with it, you know? Can't, there's can't, there's yeah. many ways you can stress yourself out with the holiday season. Oh, yeah. But you got to just sit you back gotta, and look at all the positives it brings, too. Oh, yeah. You got to absorb the uh, the positives and the pros and, you know, absolve the negatives. Fucking, it's, it's it really time, is, though, a, good a, warm, time for, a warm time of year. It is. Know? It is. People are t- generally more People's friendly and giving. Open, you know? Yeah. Um, as displayed in most of these fucking movies, you know? Yeah. So. If, yeah, if you're having trouble getting in the spirit, watch some Christmas movies, man. They'll teach you about it. Every one of them. <laughs> They're all similar in certain ways. They there's, teach a lot of, similar there's a lot stories. of classics out there, you know? A lot of well, lessons in those movies. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope everybody's having a great week out there. We'll be with you soon again for another solo episode. And um, until then, take care of yourselves. Stay warm. Take care of each other. Have a great Christmas slash holiday slash whatever season. And um, we will see you next time. It's cold and it's gray. I'm this day because it's Christmas. Christmas It's a word or a smile